Ready to get back into it. Planet of the Apes. Planet of the fucking Apes, man. I love these movies. And yep. uh now that we got over the now that we got over the hump of uh beneath, um we can get into escape, which is fucking dope. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so like, as we were saying uh last uh last episode, <laughs> uh Escape starts with like a really sort of shaky premise, right? The idea that somehow these guys have pulled this uh, wreckage of the ship that, you know, Taylor already decided was not retrievable um, from the bottom of the ocean with their ape technology and then somehow pieced it together enough to maintain, to get liftoff. I mean, it didn't need three-stage takeoff. Like, they needed two several other parts of this ship that is clearly just the end of a, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's not... They couldn't have made a ship mm-hmm. that just takes off and goes. And, and what fuel did they fuel this with? And then how did they end up going back in time? Like that whole part of it. Because there was a wormhole maybe that they then say. Like it's it's the most ridiculous premise in the world. And it it's like, but you just have to <laughs> take that and be like, all right, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, you just take that for granted, yeah. um, and it's fine. But it is it is shaky. But at this point, Beneath has already kind of broken any of this. Like franchises need to be incredibly plausible. But I mean, I mean the thing is, dude, the first Planet of the Apes did that too because it's a movie that's called Planet of the Apes about a planet of apes that speak English and whatever. And like, yeah, they they justified in the end, but it's still like. I mean, it's it's ridiculous to begin with. So you you go into this thing taking for granted like all sorts of things, and then it ends up being a you know morality play. Um, and this similarly makes you you know take for granted a bunch of ridiculous ideas. That's like okay, yeah, this is going to be a movie about two talking apes that are from the future coming into our modern world. Um, and yeah, yeah. yeah, that premise is like so ridiculous, but how seriously they take it. And, like, what they do with that is so insane. Yeah. But so how did this... It's hard uh, to, like... It, so so uh-huh. you said, basically, that, like, this uh, Beneath was actually a big success, and that's why this came to be. Was it a, as big a budget yeah, yeah, as Beneath, yeah. or was the, like, decision to put it in modern times a budgetary thing as well? No, every one of these movies had a significant budget cut okay. um, because the overall gross for each movie was also less each time. So right. even though uh, Beneath was a success, it, that's all relative because it also was cheaper to make it. I mean, it was they cost half as much. Um, I mean, what are the numbers right here? Uh, yeah, it cost $3 million. I think it grossed about $19 million. Okay. So... Um, if you remember, the, the first was six million to make, and grossed like thirty-three million. So, um, it's a relative success because it's not like the gross was cut in half. It was still a decent, right? 
gross, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So it's like, let's make another one. But um, Escape got even less money. The budget for Escape was $2 million. Okay. I mean, a lot of this... And then a lot of this necessitates what um, Escape became. Obviously, they didn't have to deal with all the, the makeup because there's only three apes in the movie and one gets picked off pretty early on. Right. Um, it's just Cornelius and Zira. And it takes place. And there's no sets and there's yeah, it takes no place other in, costumes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It takes place in modern day. It takes place in uh, 1971. And, uh, yeah. And they're using just like locations because it's just in the modern day when the movie came out or whatever. So, and it was all shot in California, close to the studio. So, and it's all in Hollywood and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. it's also huge budget cuts. And, um, but Paul Dane was brought back as the writer and he worked with all these limitations and actually delivered in a really intelligent, interesting script. Um, totally. And it's very Planet of the Apes, dude. Yeah, yeah. The director is Don Taylor, who went on to do Island of Dr. Moreau. Um, okay. But, yeah, so, I don't know. It's interesting. Um, it is, in a way, a soft reboot of the original Planet of the Apes. Um, Planet of the Apes is a movie that does a role reversal thing so that you um, empathize, I guess, as a white American with uh, the plight of a minority or a slave class or whatever. Right. Um, and this, like, this does a role reversal again, where now the apes are the immigrants, and they're the minority, and um, they're also in a different time and fish out of water and uh, are ha- have to kind of deal with this, like, backwards bureaucratic system that... Um, at first kind of champions them. That's what's kind of interesting about the whole thing is that they sort of become celebrities yeah, and yeah, yeah. championed and they, uh, and we're a very open society, man. Just, it's, you know, we we're, yeah, yeah. we're a liberal and accepting we're, we're so post 60s yeah, yeah, yeah. society. Um, so we love mm-hmm. these apes so and they're celebrities like, oh, they're, and they go on TV yeah. and yeah, that's, I mean, that's kind of part and, of what's uh, really it's, so it's interesting kind of about it is though. instead of, instead of the, you know, sci-fi, play on our modern times that has to be sort of a simplified version to you know be a metaphor like this is just like no no it's just our modern times and like they actually end up like getting into a bunch of like really gray area morality um and and really interesting you know conversation about just like yeah celebrity culture and like the I don't know, the types of things that our culture values and the different ways that our culture values them, like politically versus socially and, you know, those sorts of things um, are all kind of at Mm -hmm. play in this movie and, like, not in a way that's, like, a trying to make an obvious metaphor thing necessarily all the time. It's just, like, no, it's just actually those things are just playing out, like, the way that they would in, Mm -hmm. like... like in Army of Shadows or something, <laughs> like in some sort of like really morally complex but ultra realistic depiction of like what it was like to like live through you know World War Two or something, like, you know what I mean? Or like deal like or, yeah, like it's like a uh, I don't know um, Bridge of Spies or something <laughs> like or I, I don't know some sort of like really realistic portrayal of like how. 
I don't know, spies and politics and things and, and like government programs like actually operate in like dark rooms of people making decisions to like sterilize other people that are their enemies and stuff like it's <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not like a cinematic like I don't know iconography creating thing you know what i mean instead it's just like no we're just putting it in our modern times and playing it out very realistically and that just like feels really i don't know really dark um a lot of the time like when they get like killed in the cage and shit it's just like dude like yeah you you, like treated them like apes that's horrible like (laughs) it's like just like we would like there's no i don't know there's no separation of like this is a fantasy world anymore that's true and I guess that really does work for it, even though you could say it's like superfluous in some ways because the first movie makes all these points, it does. being a mirror and reversing the roles and whatever. Totally. Because they're ultimately going through the same kind of like, I mean, they go through a hearing in the same way that Taylor does yeah. and stuff. But like what what is interesting is that like because it's not this cartoon. Yeah, you're right. It's not this cartoonish um version or metaphor of the thing it really is just the thing and they're just in a actual uh they're in an actual hearing and also like speaks to the um the more realistic nuances of how people actually are totally um and i guess specifically man because like i guess the movie does try to make some kind of distinction between man and ape in some ways um like the way the humans end up treating Zira and Cornelius is very much like on brand with Taylor, you know? Um, it's like, it's the idea that you would, um, you would think that the humans have like humanity and that they're kind and compassionate and that like they, um, they sort of front that, you know? Mm Mm-hmm you want to believe that they would have that kind of kindness and compassion or whatever. But then it turns out really they, they're like supremely evil and want nothing less than the destruction of your race and whatever. Right. Right. Um, and I I think like, yeah. And what's, what's strange is that there's a difference between like, I don't know. I guess I guess they're afraid of the same thing. Like I guess Doctor Zayas is very similar to um, Haslin. To uh, what's his name? Ha- Haslin. You know, like Haslin is kind of playing the Zayas role. Yeah. Where um, he is similarly afraid of what like this means for their culture, and it's even been like prophesized in theirs. Like it's actually like on the record. You know, yeah, yeah, that's like the difference is like Zayas is actually hiding this truth about man to protect culture and all this stuff. But in, in Hess, in our world, like this thing is actually like very real and on the record and has been prophesized. And uh, he's actually having a hard time, like getting the job done, like actually convincing the system to execute these people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> and, I think, he, I, and he eventually wins out. But uh, kind of, but he doesn't like because yeah, the system's like, too slow. Like the 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 real interesting thing is, I think that when well, he you doesn't put win this, out because the baby survives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I think that when you put this in this modern paradigm, if you put it in the world that we actually live in, then you actually are dealing with the stakes of the world that we actually live in, right? And so, like, what's really interesting is like if you're siding with the apes watching this movie, 
and like the movie actually says this, um, you know what I mean? But if you're siding with the apes watching this movie, like you are siding with the paradigm in which like humanity will be overtaken by these apes. Right. Like mm-hmm. that's if you yeah, like you know that, want yeah. humanity to survive as a human, like if you want hum- if you are pro humanity, then you should kill these apes like immediately. Like, you know what I mean? And the other thing is, like, mm-hmm. first of all, you should have fucking quarantined them as soon as you got them out of this thing. Where do you think this this whole virus that kills all of the cats and dogs comes from? Like, maybe it's from, like, well, it some future from... world in which a virus that killed all cats and dogs existed. And everybody, like, and the apes had it inside them, but they were immune to it because they survived it. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> the only thing, like... Then, then, like, if they came back from 2,000 years in the future, then 2,000 years in the past wouldn't have any immunity to this thing that they've now introduced, a virus that kills all cats and dogs. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And after, you I know. Mean, I don't know, man. You're just talking, you're talking the grandfather paradox kind of stuff about the timeline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I, think that, I think that the killing cats and dogs thing is tied into that grandfather. Like, I, I blame that on... I'm not quarantining fucking Cornelius and Zira and shit. It's like, you just, what? You just let, like, things from the future into it? That's 2,000 years of viral development are inside these humanoid fucking creatures. It's weird that it wouldn't kill all the humans. Sure. No, it's weird right. that it you're wouldn't right. just, like, that it would kill all the cats and dogs. But it's but it is also interesting that, like, there is a virus that comes after that that's unexplained that kills all the cats and dogs. Like, maybe it has to do with that. Well, it's not unexplained, um... In Conquest, Armando specifically tells Caesar that the virus came from space and the astronauts. Right, right. I mean... Um, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. I'm not sure if that's a re... Like, that's a thing. This stuff is but confusing. But they we are, haven't they gotten are, too they much are astronauts into... from space. I don't know. But, yeah, I feel bad. Okay, okay. Well, it could have been other astronauts. It's vague. He's not necessarily yeah. talking about his parents. That's, that's the problem. Right, right, and the right. timeline doesn't work out because, like... The cats and dogs died only like eight years prior when like so like Conquest is ninety one, cats and dogs died eight years prior. But like it was twenty years prior that like Caesar was born and whatever. Yeah, yeah. But it's you know, twenty years so, of of Caesar hanging out in a in a circus with all these other animals. Maybe it took you know, maybe a uh what a bat had to fall into a armadillo or something. I don't know. But I think the idea that it came from, you know, Zira and Cornelius makes sense. But maybe it did. Maybe, maybe it's just another it. thing that, like, just comes from progress. And that's the point of it, you know. Yeah. Maybe it's not Cornelius but, um, and Zira. Maybe it's not. That but, uh, but, also Cornelius, but also Cornelius describes that virus when he talks about what happens in the future, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? So here's, the, here's, here's another big point here is that, like... Um, why does Cornelius know anything about the future? Well, he because it's I written mean, in the scriptures. The, it's written in the scriptures. Yes, yeah. that's that's he's he's describing what happened in his ancient past based on what they know from the scriptures, and the scriptures says that there mm-hmm. was a thing that killed all the cats and dogs, and that like there was an ape named Aldo who rose up and said no, um, which conflicts mm-hmm. with the storyline. Like <laughs> you know what I mean? Just like. Just yeah, like but the it, two dates don't add up, and like all these, like no, but it, but it also it also can but it also conflicts with the idea. It also conflicts with what Cornelius knows in the first Planet of the Apes, 
Like, like the scriptures don't talk about like, you know, a time when, uh, when the apes rose up against humans. That wasn't a thing in the first movie. Yeah, what the but it could have been in the Dead Sea that, Scrolls, man. It could have been in the in the Vatican archives. It could have been, you know, <laughs> just no, declassified but, but, but after. Man, I'm saying, but seriously, like, watching this time, I noticed, like, that actually isn't incongruous because, like, what, um, I mean, what uh, Dr. Zayas even says in the cave is that, like, as a way to disprove one of the things that uh, Cornelius is saying um, is that apes used to have humans as pets. Right, right. Um, so, like, that's... that the, He's rewriting their past. It's like a role reversal thing in their mythology. They were the ones who were the pets who eventually rose up, but that's not what was actually in their mythology. Their mythology just, like, they didn't evolve from humans, and humans were always a beast, and at one time they kept them as pets. But there was never, like, an ape revolution against the humans who were their masters. And that seems to be something that, like, Cornelius understands about their past in Escape. Yeah. Which I don't think makes sense. unless there's something Um, happening beneath behind the scenes that's why they're all acting so weird the whole time and it's because they're just all keeping their mouths shut about what's really going on and they're secretly trying to get on this spaceship (laughs) I mean sure there's so much stuff that you can take for granted and maybe they found out about the the true past and whatever but like the way he talked about it was really like authoritative and like it it feels like like, if Dr. Zayas had said that shit it would have been like okay that's why Zayas knows this shit because, like, Zayas does know mm. all that shit already, I think. Whether it's, like, that he knows about, like, the, all those who stood up think, and said I no think, and blah, yeah, blah, but, blah. But, like, not but everything... But he knows that there was an ancient past in which, like, humans spoke and whatever and that they destroyed themselves. And He knows, he knows that they, like, destroyed... He knows that they, they, like, created the Forbidden Zone, that, like, it was once a paradise and, like, right. the humans made a waste because of it the, and whatever. What's his, who's the original but guy? I think it was still described in... What? Who's the original guy? They're, they're Jesus or whatever. They're Buddha. It's like, the lawgiver. Yeah. yeah, the lawgiver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But even who is the lawgiver, dude? Like, we don't even know the lawgiver ever, right? The, the lawgiver is actually in battle. He was somebody who lived sometime around like sometime around twenty six seventy, and that's like when the scrolls were written. I think in the Planet of the Apes, uh, they say the scrolls were written twelve hundred years ago. Right, so that right. kind of checks out. Okay. So. Yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> I don't know. No. I don't know if this but, stuff is all consistent. That's the thing. Because this no, is like, cause all not. this definitely, this this is definitely something that gets more confusing in Conquest and then in Battle as well, is this timeline shit and like exactly how this works. I, I, I'm going to just say right now, though, um, the idea of alternate timelines is like talked about in Escape and Conquest. Yeah. So, as a lane Escape, that you can shift. As a lane, you can shift, yeah. Escape has, like, the scene with uh, Haslin on that uh, talk show, mm-hmm. and he talks about the idea of infinite regression of, like, the artist painting the picture of himself into infinity, yeah. which is, like, very it's a really psychedelic. really great scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just, like, a really great scene. Yeah. And, but talks about this idea as being, like, 
you know, what a, what a, what a being of infinite regression would see is that time is actually not a straight line. It's like this, uh, you know, thing that exists on multiple levels and whatever, and that you could like lane shift and that not all futures are the same. So there's, there's a lot of talk about that because I really do think the movies are trying to get this idea in your head that what you are watching and the timeline you are on is not necessarily congruent with the first two movies. Right, right, right. Um, That like, that this reality could be anything from, like basically this Zira and Cornelius, they might not be coming from like the timeline from the first two movies. Or, right, right, right. You know? Exactly. Exactly. Or like or they are the ones from the first two movies, but they're jumping into a timeline that does not lead to the first two movies. You exactly. know what I mean? So yeah. it's like and that and that's all just like vague and continues to be throughout all of these. Yeah. There's no real answer to that. Um, but at the same time, if, if, if that's, if that's the case, then the idea that there are so many of these timelines that all kind of lead the same way is so weird. You know what I mean? Then there is kind of this inevitability. Yeah. You know what I mean? Then like, there are so many different ways to the end of the world eventually. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes it's Aldo saying no. And like, sometimes it's the offspring of the apes that came back in time from one of the other timelines. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like, but like there are like, there's like at least five different ways that it goes down. (laughs) where Like apes end up spontaneously popping up and taking over the world. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Seems, seems, Seems inevitable, for sure. Yeah. yeah. No, but yeah. So there, the I said my piece on that. We keep touching on it as we go through the rest of them. But that's basically the the long and short of it is that this timeline shit actually is vague, and anyone who tells you they have it worked out, like, probably doesn't. Like, when you really look at all the information pieces, there's only just like contradictions. Yeah. You yeah. Know? And and like, it's not really worth. Uh, the only way you can explain it is by like an alternate timeline kind of explanation, which totally. it does talk about in the movie verbatim. So like, whatever it's there. Um, I don't know how that's supposed to make me feel about like the consequences of anything, but luckily escape and conquest, uh, and battle have a continuity in of themselves, regardless of how they're related to the first two movies. Yeah, somewhat, but also like but, in, in escape, they already have the whole thing about like the ape that says no is all though. No, you're right. So they already acknowledge, <laughs> but that's why they bring up the thing of alternate timelines because they, they know that like they're changing it, you know? Yeah, Maybe. Maybe they probably, I mean, I, I don't know. It's, it's hard to say like how much they, they probably don't exactly know what they're going to be doing in conquest yet, but, but it feels like they, they definitely do. didn't, you know, it feels like it, or or at they least they it feels like they're they, building towards something, you know, it feels like it's, they part didn't, of a um, thing, a longer, what they didn't do is write themselves into a corner and there's a cliffhanger and they, they show that the baby survives and it says mama, a reference to the doll in the first movie. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Um, it could even be the same sound. It's very, it's like a creepy. Escape from the Planet of the Apes. And then you can, and you can tell they're just like repeating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can tell the, that they're just the like film is just playing the same piece of forth. film back and forth. Yeah. 
so funny. <laughs> Which is like, eh, but it, it's creepy. It still works. Yeah, yeah. It makes it creepier, even though it also makes it goofier. <laughs> you know? Like satanic mm-hmm. or something. But that's that's the other thing. Is like, yeah, that's like if you're siding with the apes in this movie, you're siding with like that. Like you're siding with like the guys in Hereditary. Like you know what I mean? <laughs> like you're siding with like trying to birth the Antichrist and like bring about the end of the world. Like <laughs> and like. Uh yeah yeah yeah. That's kind of like Armando. Like, yeah, like Armando is a traitor to his race. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? He's he's totally like <laughs> he aware <laughs> that like, and they all are aware that this like they they even have this conversation with the president, right? Like, where he's just kind of like, dude, like, yeah, maybe it does lead to an ape society in two thousand years or whatever. But like, what does that mean for me? Like, you know what I mean? It's kind of just like, what's the point of the in like, you know. Heslin's just like, no, but like long term, we need to do this and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, nobody else is really motivated to do this. There's no real political, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? They're, they're very open and liberal. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, dude, they're, yeah, they're immigrants, but they're like, everybody loves them. They're part of our society. And like, you know, we like, they're celebrities and we, their offspring will be celebrities and we love them and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, Heslin is just like, trying to kill them because it is an infiltration into this thing like a virus that's going to take over and destroy humanity and it's like what's interesting is that like it kind of isn't the thing that destroys humanity in in the future of the series right like that's not it's not that apes take over and destroy man it's that apes end up creating their own society separate of man and man destroys himself um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I guess, I guess that means that he's not really the antichrist, <laughs> but I mean, but in this, in this movie, like it really does like have that conversation where it's like you, you, these things are this thing that came back in time and it's an infiltration into our timeline and it creates a new timeline in which like our world ends and their world begins. And like, if you want to be nice to them because they're nice and we like them, then like that will destroy everything that we've built like completely which is like the most conservative like uh xenophobic racist sort of like depict like idea about immigration like you know what i mean um Mm -hmm. and and it's like the thing is the movie is not that the movie is very much like a uh movie about like how fucked up it is to be xenophobic and the bad guy is that guy whatever but then just like all these other planet of the apes movies the bad guy is right in the end because humanity sucks so much and in this case it's like like (laughs) you know i mean everything is always just like yeah but it's also the opposite it's also even worse than that (laughs) you know what i mean like every one of these Mm -hmm. things like and the thing that it's discussing, too, is just so fucking dark to begin with. Like, I mean, first of all, Cornelius and Zira, right? Like, we're looking at them as immigrants, right? But, like, what type of immigrants are mm-hmm. they? That's are like, you asking me? Yeah, I think that's, like, a, a significant, <laughs> like, weird part of this is, like, these are, like, they're basically, like, political... They're, they're like, kind of political prisoners or whatever, but they're, like, they're 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 these... I don't know. They're like celebrities. They're they're part of politics, or whatever, but they're also they're these crazy fucking doctors that did experiments on human beings that they should never be forgiven for. 
You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. that's like that's they're, they're like they. It almost feels to me like these are like German, like Nazi escaped people, and it's like, or like you know what I mean? It's like there's there's something like really sinister about their past. That's like, yeah, well, like the public doesn't really need to know about that part of it, you know? And like mm -hmm. the the idea that that's a part of this movie too is like. Well, in, in a lot of ways, it's like, well, they're immigrants in the 60s or whatever. They're, you know, that could be all sorts of populations. Um, but there's also the negative population, <laughs> you know, of like the, the mm -hmm. Operation Paperclip sort of immigrants <laughs> of like ex-Nazi scientists and shit like coming in and like, you know, becoming important in the United States, but having their pasts hidden sure, and that yeah. sort of thing. like. So it's another one of these things. Like I think that just like the first Planet of the Apes, this movie has so many of these like weird contradictions that just like create like all of this uh, moral ambiguity and cognitive dissonance and shit that you just like can't exactly get down on any side of anything, um, or mm -hmm. really feel like it's saying the wrong thing or the right thing like you know what i mean it's like well this could be a really horrible statement or it could be a really great statement or whatever it could be both because like isn't that kind of part of what makes planet of the apes so great like is mm -hmm. making you just like so uncomfortable with things the way that they are as opposed to sort of giving you a like oh it's better now you know yeah I mean, Escape, Planet of the Apes was already dark, but Escape is very dark, and it's uh, it's interesting that this franchise, like, really does tonally kind of uh, double down on its, on its darkness, even though they're G-rated movies and are supposedly made for, like, children and families and whatever, um... Yeah, I, I I just can't imagine a family going and watching this movie and like being satisfied by it. <laughs> like, the idea was just like you're just watching these like they get like captured and then put in a cage and then like one of them gets murdered by a dumb gorilla <laughs> and then they're like like eventually really start speaking at, um... and then just like get treated horribly <laughs> until they like eventually get pregnant and then. Like and then it's just like no, they're gonna kill our baby, and now I'm gonna fight for what's mine finally, and then they just get destroyed. Like because, I mean, because she fucking puts her purse in. Like Zira keeps fucking up, dude. Like Cornelius has all all this like strategy, and she just keeps being like emotionally like swayed into like saying something totally outrageous. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, are you serious? You just ah mm -hmm. oh, okay, all right. We'll go with this now. <laughs> well, yeah, she spills she spills she spills the beans on like the fact that they talk immediately, yeah. and she spills the beans on like the fact that they experimented on humans, yeah. and yeah. eventually necessitates the need to like explain that the world ended and whatever. Yeah, and then she leaves which her makes, purse out, yeah. which gets them caught, and all this stuff and whatever. It's like she's, I don't know. I feel like Cornelius's strategy is like constantly like in. You know, there's the strategy and then there's her sort of um, um, improv. You know what I mean? And those work together mm. to create this tragedy. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but it also creates, you know, the only future where this ape survives and blah, blah, blah. You know, the, 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 it, it does secure a future for their baby and the you know, future of their own society. 
So it is. It doesn't. Almost, it feels like you know things playing out in a cosmic sense uh, as well. Whenever, mm-hmm. whenever Zero does something, that's just like, are you fucking serious? <laughs> it's like, no, nah, maybe that's just the cosmos yeah. kind of speaking through Zero um, in some way. It's just like she even, just can't I hold think it. There's anymore. even a Jesus line, right? What? I think there's even a Jesus line, like. They say like uh, Pontius tried to kill Jesus. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you know, or something like that. Maybe it's Moses. <laughs> Moses, I don't know. One of the no, two. It was, it was a Jesus line. The Jesus line. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Not yeah, lying. and then there's then there's uh, then there's uh. Oh yeah, yeah. What I wanted to say was that like even though all that is so dark, like you also have to remember that there's a lot of levity in the movie. There's a lot of like the movie has a lot of fun. With a lot of what it's doing, totally. I um, it's it's I totally it's playful. Like very, it's almost it's it almost feels like the fourth uh, Star Trek movie or something. Where it's like, oh, they go back in mm. time and it's us. It's fun. Oh yeah. Even yeah, even the way it's yeah, the way it starts where they like pull the helmets off, and then the title comes up on the screen, and the music's yeah. kind of silly. And you're just like, yeah, this is like right off the bat, it's just like it's already shrugging its shoulders at you, like yeah. But that's but then, what makes like, the rest of it so much more subversive, dude. Like it's just like there's know, no yeah. trigger warning on this movie <laughs> like, at all. It's like but there's a lot of fun. There's there's a lot of fun on the way there. There's the whole fish out of water, just like getting into society stuff, and like uh, you know, uh, Kim Hunter and Roddy McDowell are giving like really great performances as, as those characters. Totally. And like their comic timing and is great. Their chemistry is great. Yeah. Which is what makes it so much more powerful when they're just, like, unceremoniously gunned down in, like, a total anti-climax. Like, it's like, no, wait, these aren't just, like, it's like, we, these are people that we know. (laughs) Like, we've known them for many movies now, but, like, we've really seen them Mm -hmm. depicted in this one, like, as fully formed characters that are interacting with all the stuff that we know. And, like, it, it does not feel like a scene out of a movie when, when they get killed at all. It feels like watching, like fucking like Columbine or something like you know what I mean it's just like some horrible shit yeah. happening like really I mean to me it just feels like a Ruby Ridge like tragedy where it's like just a family where like the mother just gets shot and then the children have to sit there with the corpse of their mother while they decide to kill like other brother and like you know what I mean it's just like horrible shit and like mm-hmm. happening to like just not people who fight and like not in not in wartime like you know what I mean people who just like are living you know that happening to just like two celebrities is like so horrible um and scary because it it doesn't feel like a movie it feels real um Mm -hmm. and she like throws the baby over the edge of the of the fucking uh boat and like then crawls next to die with her husband it's just like it's not it's not romanticized at all like he even when he falls it's like he falls and like falls on his legs and like we just assume he dies because it's like that it's not about that moment at all it's just about like holy shit he's fucking that's it and then you know what i mean you never see his face mm-hmm. again and then she just crawls over and dies next to him and it's like that's it it's gross <laughs> like <laughs> so it's gross so in a hard. good way yeah gross exactly in a way that works no, in, in a, in a, not like, gross in the way, way that beneath, beneath the planet of the apes is and exactly. the fucking mutants and shit it's like and it's like not like like it's not unpleasant. It's not it's like not. I mean, it's kind of unpleasant, but like it does it so well. And the movie it no, just it is it. a lot of fun. 
Yeah. And it earns that moment. Completely. It's a very, Completely. oh my God, kind of moment. Yeah. Him yeah. shooting the baby. Yeah. Haslin just like like unloading, just unloading his like revolver. over and over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not even like <laughs> it's not even like it's a machine gun. He's like pulling the trigger a bunch of times. It's just like that's such a fucking yeah, yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 a semi-automatic. He's just pulling like fuck this baby. It's like, damn, dude, that's so horrible. And like the other thing is like what I think is really interesting about it is like there is so much that Heslin is right about that. Like yes, you should do this and blah 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 whatever because this thing is infiltrating and blah blah blah. Um, but also, like, dude, it sucks to be a Hessline. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, maybe, fine, mm-hmm. the world's going to change in 2,000 years. But, like, you won't fucking be there. Like, what? you know what I mean? Like, what's the, fine, then let the, let the apes take over. They're, they're nice, too. Like, you know? Like, what the president's yeah. saying is, like, fine, like, just, like, what do you fucking care about this, like, narrative of what happens in 2,000 years? Like, can't you just, like, be a fucking yeah, nice yeah. guy right now instead of being the guy who's, like, motivated to murder a baby at a level that's like that <laughs> full of hatred that he just like gets shot to death like over it like himself it's so like yeah, yeah. it's like what the fuck are you committing yourself to it's like and that and that i think yeah, is, is sure. like a really interesting you know take on the racism thing or whatever and i also think that i also think that part of it is just that like that like you they're like Hesline, no matter what he does, he can't stop this thing from happening or whatever. And it like the the cat's already out of the bag. And so like it's it's that Don Draper line, man, where it's like you like um you can say like let's not say that change is good or bad, it merely is. And you can greet it with like a temper tantrum saying, I want it how it was, or like a dance saying like, Oh, it's this now. Like, you know what I mean? And it's like that's totally the thing. It's like if you find out there's a bunch of apes that are coming in and that's how the future is or whatever, you can be like, we need to fucking kill them or whatever and just be like, what? Not, dude, that's what's happening in the future. It's not, like you're just, you're just on the, you know what I mean? You're just the bad one now. Like you're not changing the future mm-hmm. unless you're changing the future, you know? In which case, like that's like yeah. what really this like movie's kind of talked about is like genocide shit. Like, you know what I mean? Trying to like snuff out a bloodline that's going to take over your race (laughs) you know what i mean it's like it's like actually like a conversation of like eugenics and like nazi shit which is like weird that it also ties fucking cornelius and zira to like well yeah you are kind of escaped scientists from a concentration camp like or whatever like you know what i mean like (laughs) all of this is like why is this all on that subject but it is and and like it's just kind of the same way that the first one is talking about like racism and stuff like dealing with like the civil rights movement and like race disparity and and, like all, all i don't know all that sort of stuff like this one's doing that very much in a like with the i don't know like a nazi sort of paradigm involved with like that level like the that level of fascism sort of thing um of like an industrial society but like you said uh like you said that that's only what haslin represents like you know we've already talked about how no this society they come into is actually kind of liberal and like welcomes them with open arms but it's almost like the more that they learn about them the 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 a little bit more freaked out they get, but really Haslin has to be the one who pushes this initiative. And like, obviously in the end, the humans don't win out. Like the apes uprising begins and like the humans 
bomb themselves into oblivion and eventually like there's mutants and whatever, you know, like it seems like that timeline's inevitable. But in the meantime, Haslam's um, uh, ideologies seem to win out in the short term based on like conquest and the fact that it seems at that point, um, only 20 years later, people are now living in a much more like fascistic kind of state. Totally. Um, that's like actively trying to domesticate and uh, subjugate the apes. Right. Right. Um, so I think in a way, like Haslam's death was probably like a martyr event for him rather than a martyr event for the apes. And that like they were, this whole event was probably like publicized as, uh, you know, that the pub, the public understands that these guys were a threat, that they were going to be a threat to our civilization. It's like something that the president like recommends right. directly that they need to be exterminated. And then finally, thank God Haslam saved us from it. Yeah. Thank God Haslam saved us from us. it. And he, yeah. died, and he, and, and he, and he died, try and he died doing it. Yep. And so yep. like, there's kind of like a martyrdom thing for Haslam. I think that happens between movies and behind the scenes that like ends up leading towards, then totally along with the, um, yeah, yeah, along with like the the plague yeah. that kills out the cats and dogs, that really like creates the the space that they can, but they could leverage that to you know be like, all right, we're gonna, you know, domesticate the apes. It might not be in, incredibly congruent. Like I guess it doesn't make a whole lot of sense that they would domesticate the apes and try to get them doing human tasks and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> well, but it was <laughs> driving like them, them crazy to not have, you know, the the animal, uh, the pets anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we but need, I guess we need being the more, pets as, well like, as humans to be better than something or whatever, and then that became perverted because the apes are so much more intelligent than the, the you know, cats and dogs and whatever, and then it, you know, became much more of an S&M dynamic that turned into the you know, perversions of slavery and that sort of thing, whatever. Um, which I think is really interesting. Um, and I think that, I mean, wait, are we getting onto the, <laughs> onto conquest now? Cause I, I think that like, well, basically like that, that whole conversation about slavery and pet ownership is like a very interesting and fucked up conversation that like, it really gets into. Um, and like, uh yeah i think i think that that's it but are, are, we're still on we're still on escape here for a bit <laughs> or i what? don't know i mean we could probably move on or keep jumping back and forth because they're you know they are directly related it's hard to you know it's hard not to talk a little bit about like where things are going like yeah in the sense of hassling and um how in the span of 20 years you have very different kind of vision of what the world looks like in america I mean, totally totally um, but that's like, like actually, you know, Con- Conquest came out a year later in '72, and it takes place in '91. So it is a vision of the future and tries to have like a futuristic kind of bent to it, right? Um, but but I don't know. I mean, we could. It all takes like, place in Century City and shit, and it's a beautiful. Yeah, Century City, which was brand new at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so bizarre looking. Is that is that one of the levels in? Um, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2 or something? I don't remember. This is just that I've seen it in so many other movies that it just seems so familiar. I don't know. It's very familiar, yeah. 
part. But they really used the hell out of it in uh, Conquest because we, we didn't even we didn't even talk because. about this earlier. But uh, the the at the Point Duma the Zuma the Zuma Beach thing in Point Duma the the whole end sequence of Planet of the Apes, like all of that is right there. Like every single beach scene is done in that one like you know five hundred yard stretch of Malibu. <laughs> Like both, both backgrounds on the, um, on like a lot of, um, takes have those rocks in the background where you can tell that like they filmed half of it on one side of the rocks and half of it on the other side of the rocks to like, to like make it look like they were in a cove and not have the background that shows like the far away stretches of beach that probably would have houses and people and shit. Um, Mm. so instead they like. They're always like Point Duma points out, you know what I mean? And they're and it, but it's always in the background. So like if they're looking yeah. one way, it's in the background, and then they jump to the other side of Point Duma to shoot the reaction shots on the other side. I don't know. It's hard for me to explain like without visually showing you, but it's it's ridiculous how many yeah, shots are that I same stretch mean. of beach, and like. they keep reusing it and i'm sure if you like actually know century city like there's probably shit like that all over this movie too it's probably just like oh yeah it's that same fucking staircase that like one staircase okay (laughs) you know yeah i mean that's part of how this movie gets away with feeling um actually a lot more like conquest actually feels like a bigger production than escape but it actually has a lower budget Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 1.7 million it's crazy. It's a, it's a much. It feels like a much bigger movie. Um, yeah. And so Escape made like fourteen million in the box office, so it was still a success because it cost two million to make. So these movies were always like successes, relatively speaking. But as you can see, like they also had the foresight that the gross would be diminishing, so they diminished the budget of each of these movies. Right. Yeah, but 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 Conquest feels you know much much bigger than Escape, um, but if you think about it, like it is like it's a lot of scenes of people in like boardrooms or offices, and then like a couple of you know the riot scenes that are probably done with like you know exploitation crews and shit. Like like a lot of that movie feels like an exploitation mm-hmm. movie, and probably done pretty low budget and just like looks good because yeah they just shot in the right angles and you know did a quick violent things here and there and it just works. You know what I mean? They're using. Yeah. yeah. Basic I mean, I tricks. think because a lot of it is just like, cause it's on the century city lot and that like is a pretty cool looking location and has that sort of edgy futuristic look they were going for. And they were able to like <clears throat> fill that space out in a way that felt, you know, big, even though they didn't have that many resources and, um, yeah, and then a lot of, like, rooms, interiors, stuff like that, um, for sure. Yeah, but yeah, I guess, uh, I guess yeah, let's talk about Conquest. I mean, there wasn't, I feel like we covered a lot in Escape. There might be other little things, but, um, yeah, I guess, like, uh, Grape Juice Plus. <laughs> like, that's, yeah, yeah, that's, cute. that's funny, uh, yeah. very cute. One drink and she's given up um, her whole fucking race. One, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what Grape Juice Plus is good for. Yeah. Well, that, that and it. you're supposed to drink it if you're pregnant with, you know, Satan's oh, yeah, spawn. Absolutely. 
Yeah. Oh, you're pregnant? Here, have some grape juice. It's really, juice it's plus. really good. Like, it's really good for pregnancy. He says. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like, is he already so trying good. to abort this thing, or? It is. Heslin is doing it, but it's like, was that just some 60s shit, or was that like, yo, I'm trying to kill this thing. <laughs> Give her more Grapefruit <laughs> Plus. Yeah, I mean, this is a G-rated movie, folks. Uh, has characters trying to give a pregnant woman alcohol so that her baby will be still miscarried born. or something. Yep. Stillborn. In hopes. Um, there's, always, there's always been a bit of a, you know, religion uh, thing going on in each movie, too. An exploration oh, of religious themes and faith. And I guess, like, we already talked about how basically the science and faith themes go hand in hand in the first one. Right, and that and they're subject to the paradigm our, of our, the power. Yeah, and then, mm-hmm. then beneath you have the worshipping the bomb cult thing which right. is like another kind of versus the militarism um, taking over like uh, intellectualism over in the ape society mm-hmm. That's and the then two. um in this one in this one there's some weird uh jesus vibes and like the morality of and ethics and the re- religion the faith based systems surrounding that stuff like uh it's a, it's like also a pro-life, pro-choice narrative in some ways because you're talking about abortion and the right to to choose and whatever. Totally, totally. Um, we're also talking about forced sterilization, uh, you know. Forced and sterilization. There's all sorts of. I mean, which is what the apes the were going to do yeah, yeah. to Taylor in the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. Was well, they were going to do that to him, and then. They were going to do that to him if he didn't talk. Right, right. <laughs> but that's what you do to... Political yeah. prisoners. Exactly. <laughs> Make them your subjects. But, Make them your eunuchs. Mm-hmm. But yeah, overall, Escape is one of the better Planet of the Apes movies. I really like Escape. It's a lot of fun. It is dark as fuck uh, and earns its disturbing moments. It's uh, But it's well-written, has great performances... Totally. Um, totally. But I think I think a lot of a lot of the, the conversation to me in that movie, um there there's yeah, there's totally this Jesus thing and whatever, but it's just as much the Antichrist, I think. And it's just as much this conversation oh, yeah, yeah. about two, like two sides how much point. we need to save immigrant populations and like this sort of like you know what I mean, how horrible it is and like to be an outsider and how hard it is to be accepted and blah, blah, blah. And like that there are all these systems to fucking stop that from happening. And that's fucked up. But also it's talking about the opposite. Like it's talking about like, yeah, well, if you let this in, then you're letting in the thing that takes over. Um, and that I think mm-hmm. is just like, and, and similarly it's like, and you don't really know the whole story with <laughs> these guys. They're telling you the story of what happened, where they came from, but we don't know. And, like, turns out they might have been, like, killing and, like, doing horrible experiments on living people. <laughs> like, um, but we'll you know, just leave that out. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's very interesting that, like, it, it, these are all, like, kind of Planet of the Apesy things, like, conversations about, like, that sort of thing. But I, I really feel like there's a huge aesthetic difference between, like, 
the conversation of the civil rights movement in America in the in the first movie and kind of like a conversation about like Nazi eugenics and fascism and that sort of thing um, tied into mm-hmm. modern America as well, I guess, because it's taking place in modern America like, um, in this movie. Um, I feel like Conquest is really the movie that's about the civil rights stuff, though, and really the black experience more specifically. Um more on that later because because i don't know i mean the first movie like like i like i went over already like the apes relationships to the humans are very different like they're not a slave class you know what i mean right i feel like what it's talking about is a little bit more the immigrant experience as we were saying and the idea of like um a status system needing to dehumanize individuals that like step outside and like threaten their culture or way of life right 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 yeah yeah totally Um, you're right like whereas like conquest is the movie specifically about the slave class that gets beaten down for generations and rises up and whatever you know yeah Um, i like I totally feel that. And and I think that there, I mean, I think that the slavery imagery is like hugely prominent in that movie and specifically, you know, having the black guy in charge. Yeah, McDonald. McDonald. Yeah, McDonald. Not the same McDonald from Battle, you realize, right? No, that's McDonald's brother. (laughs) There's one line where he's like, no, it's just my brother. (laughs) 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 Like, oh, yeah, they didn't Uh, didn't just replace the black guy. Okay, it was his brother who happens to, like, fit the exact same role for the exact same reasons and look exactly the same and wear the exact same wardrobe and hang out with Caesar. (laughs) That's fine. Whatever. Exactly. It's like the guy was like, dude, I'm not going to just replace him. How about you just say... Like, it's pretty racist to think that nobody's going to notice. Like, yeah, no, of course. We'll just say you're his brother. <laughs> yeah, 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 sorry. Back, exactly. <laughs> back to what you were saying. Um, yeah, having having him in there, having all of that, th- that imagery is all, like, there. Um, but to me, I think a lot of what Conquest is talking about is really Marxist, um, which doesn't really address race as much as it addresses class. Um, but like when you're saying the black experience as slaves and that sort of thing, whatever, like I, I totally feel that imagery wise and that sort of thing. But I also really watching it this time, I was like really thinking, I mean, and specifically I watched the, the, um, unrated original cut of the movie that, you know, was never released until like 2008. Um, we can discuss some of the changes there in a second, but, um, Watching yeah, it this time, sure. I was that's, that's, I was really it was standing out to me that like no this is like I could see that as as the black people or whatever sort of thing um, that used to be slaves and trying to rise up or whatever but instead like I really was seeing it as the proletariat um, and like yeah I think in the sixties well, like both, the black you know? population would be talking about like yeah we are the proletariat and that's like what Marx is talking about that sort of thing whatever but like I I think that it's tying those things together in like a pretty strong way like that it's definitely Mm. like motivated by specifically like marxist uh ideas um and that like he is a representation of like the leader that comes out of this class that if you continue to subjugate whatever but i also think that it's discussion of slavery and the differences between slavery and and pet ownership and all that stuff are like really interesting too um which we can get into in a minute but but well, but, I think I think like like the other ones, man. It's never a direct parallel to anything. It's exactly. just like uses uses the imagery 
and uh, aesthetics of like many different types of like proletariat or minority class revolutions or subjugations or the treatment of animals or whatever it is. Right. Like um, it takes many shades. Um, yeah, I, I guess I was just saying as compared to the first one, I think like this is also the movie that like reportedly um, black audiences really responded to. Right. Um, which the first movie doesn't have exactly the same kind of um, record of doing, I guess, but right. who really knows these things? Yeah. Like, like, does a black audience like actually um, uh, identify with Charlton Heston at that time and, and like kind of really get that movie? Or right, right. is it like, I don't know, who knows? Who knows? But like, there were definitely like reported test black audiences watching a. Uh, Conquest, who are like yelling at the screen, really loving it, identifying <laughs> with the apes, like digging, like the whole final scene and stuff, and being like, you know what I mean? Like it's Caesar, you know, Caesar saying shit, like the right for uh, you know, uh, for a slave to persecute his oppressor. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, like, no, um, I mean, what's amazing to me is it's what it's seventy three. Uh, 70, 72, dude, it's 72. 72. Yeah. Like, it's like, you know what I mean? Like, that's so, it's so crazy how fast all these movies came out, but it's like, that's, that's the, it's still like the height of like the black Panthers are like just starting. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's, yeah, yeah, for sure. It's crazy. Uh, I mean, they're not just started, but you know what I mean? It, it's, it's no, the it's height the, of yeah, like the, that the real 60s. tension of like, that you know, like the, the 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 you know actually understanding the rules and being like no these are my rights and we have like the Black Panthers having the right to you know patrol um, the New York to Police Department whatever and like walk with guns and mm-hmm. like make sure that nobody was being harmed by the police and stuff like that sort of stuff was like the Black Power stuff like all that is like fucking happening then it's not like something that was like that took place a couple of years ago and we're talking about and whatever or like. I don't know. Like, I feel like movies today that do that That's, feel yeah. radical, but it's like, yeah, but we're talking about what happened, you know, 50 years ago, 60 years ago. Like, this was like talking about it right then. Like, it's so crazy how radical this movie is and how, like, full of, mm-hmm. like, anger and shit it is. Like, it's, I mean, but yeah, we could we could talk a little bit about the two different cuts and shit if you want. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, to keep, to first keep going in on the, like, the genesis of this movie is uh, the the creator like the creators really did understand that these movies were dark and that they were like kind of increasingly getting darker right. and they actually very much wanted to lean into that for this one the the screenwriter Paul Dane at this point I feel like just was able to do his thing right and like he came up with like you know this really uh, dark script that's like very politically you know um charged charged as we were saying you know and definitely was drawing from the 65 watt watts riots and civil rights movement and you know reportedly but but yeah there are all these other elements to it as well um and r jacobs like initially thought that this would be the end of the franchise yeah and um, so the what the, the script that Paul Dane turned in, like initially, 
Um, and the one that they actually went with was much darker. Um, and the, the, the director of this movie is Jay Lee Thompson, who did uh, the original Cape Fear. Uh, okay, nice. Navarone. Nice. So he was like pretty. He's down with the like, moral ambiguity. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <clears throat> and um, they actually did make a movie that's like, I mean, I think you described it at one point as like kind of like viscerally upsetting uh, and just super intense if we're talking about the unrated cut. Um, and the un- yeah, so that's what we're talking about now is the original version of this movie that like this, this, is, this is the script that was approved, that everybody was on board with that everybody went with and the movie that was actually shot is this unrated cut that was never released to the public until like 2008 on like a DVD or something. Right. Yeah. And, um, it features like a very, very dark and violent ending with like literal apes getting like shot in the face, like, like the most kind of visceral blood packs yeah, to yeah, the yeah. face. Like, I mean, it, it, it's like, <laughs> like it plays like a, like an exploitation, like horror movie. Like when it, when it comes to the actual riots and stuff, like it's, mm-hmm. it's not pleasant at all. It's, and, and, but like, it's not even like fun, like an exploitation thing either though. Like it's, it's actually like really like, it feels like watching like footage of, race riots stuff where you're like watching shit happening you're like that's fucked up that's horrible like oh my like you know what i mean (laughs) but like there's a scene where a bunch of the these apes come out and they're like standing there holding like kerosene or something and they're just like stand down stand down good disperse go home and they just like don't disperse and they're like okay aim and they're like don't disperse and then they just fire on them and they just shoot a bunch of them in the face and they just die and it's just like, <laughs> fuck, dude. It's like, you, you like, and Caesar's running up, whatever. And then, like, they come and they've got their weapons and shit and they break through. And you're like, fucking kill them, dude. Yeah. Like, because they just killed all of these people for standing there, all these apes for standing and they, and there. And they lay that, um, they create that, like, fire trap because they, like, poured a bunch of, like, gasoline on the ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, um, and also, like, our flan- they have, like, flanking maneuvers that they're privy to and whatever. But, like, yeah, it's actually super visceral and violent and kind of, like, it's, yeah, if, if fe- like, you, just like, just like an escape, honestly. Um, escape also had a very, like, documentary kind of feel to it. It just has, yeah, like, yeah, a yeah. realism to it in, yeah. in which you forget that people are wearing eight masks and, totally. it, like, you know what I mean? Completely. Um, Completely. And that, hap- that happens in this one, too. Like, this whole final scene feels so viscerally... Uh, real in a way that's bizarre and, and out of uh, control. Nightmarish. Yeah, like, nightmarish. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just it's gets like worse and really worse. Really nightmarish. Dude. And in the original um, cut, like, it's like the all, all these apes are just like armed with like kitchen knives and shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, like in the original mm-hmm. cut, you just like see them really just like shanking the shit out of people over and over. And one of the things that's all over the original cut is A, there's like a lot of bodies all over the place. Lots of wide shots of just like carnage and like, you know that there's actually a huge cost to these battles. But, like, also, like, like just actually, shots yeah, of... bodies with blood on them, <laughs> lots of, like, actual visceral red blood yeah, yeah, like yeah. on faces and And then, like, and apes like, picking up yeah. the dead bodies and stacking them on top of each other, like, while they're stacking oh, stuff on yeah, a fire, yeah. which, yeah. like, looks like they're about to burn all the bodies or whatever, or they're just stacking them to, like, hide behind <laughs> to, like, shoot at these... It's just, like, it's totally just, like... That's, they're, like... They're amongst, like piles of corpses that are all covered in blood and shit and like 
it's intense, dude. It's super intense. And the way that they're treating the corpses is like, like it's yeah. not like a bunch of I mean, actors. The, 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 it must be. It must the, be like like you know, uh, dolls or something. Piling. But they're like they're slamming these things around. Where it's just like, oh my god. I don't god, know. They dude. might be actors, man. Those might just be people. <laughs> so they're just that, slamming that, them that, around. That uh, it looks like a, that body piling. The body piling shit is like where it gets like incredibly grotesque if yeah. you ask me where you're just like um where you actually start to get like a little bit sick yeah yeah yeah. and that's like and that's that that's like uh right before caesar's speech like they're actually like they're piling the bodies at his feet essentially yeah. they're piling some, and, a bunch of the bodies had, at his and, feet with um with uh what's his name with breck um, yeah governor breck. breck governor and, breck and he's and down like, there, and, just and they're just like throwing bodies him, on yeah. top of him and shit. Like just like are the, the like all of his comrade, all of his like inferiors are all just like dead, and they're just like slamming them onto him, and just being like, "Yeah, we're gonna fucking beat letting, you to death." Uh, <laughs> but they're letting McDonald, uh, they're letting McDonald survive because he's a they're letting him live because he's a race trader. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. He's a human he race trader. <laughs> Dude, like, McDonald, like, they don't really cut back to him much uh, during that shit. There's, like, a couple of shots of you to be, like, to see that they're not killing him. But it's, like, damn, dude, how do you feel about this, McDonald? <laughs> oh, he you know doesn't I mean? feel good about it. He nah, was, like, but I, you he know was what? Like, dude, I don't know. I kind of feel like in fucking 1972, he was kind of like, yeah, Fuck you, white people. <laughs> There's not too many black people getting piled into the scenes. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think, I mean, like, you think he's being like part of it is just like, what, like by what right do you have? What he says by what do you have right? But by by what right do you have to spill this blood? Yeah, and whatever. And he says like violence begets violence and whatever. Like he's more wise. Like he's like we've been through this. We understand how this all goes. Yeah, like, yeah You yeah. of all people should understand. He's like, but yeah, dude, I, you don't get it though. Like this isn't the right thing to do. Yeah. Um, but I still think that part of and, him, like, I don't know, he brought it about, and I don't think he totally regrets it. Well, I, I think, well, well, the thing is, he says that, and then I think after Caesar gives his speech, McDonald has nothing left to say. He's speechless. Yeah, he is just like at that point in awe of the power that that Caesar represents and the future that's coming. Like, it's just he understands now. Like, there's nothing he can do. Yeah, he says his piece. But Caesar just like Caesar's piece is way more powerful, prophetic. It's dark as fuck, and that's how the movie ends. But it's like, also it's it also Marx. With, you know what I mean? It's also yeah. it's also the thing of I mean, like he, I'm he, not going to destroy like your a, society. He, he looks like Che Guevara up there. Man. Yeah, he, he does. Just looks he looks like... exactly like Che Guevara. <laughs> um, but but he, but he said I mean but it's the capitalism sows the seeds of its own destruction thing. It's not that Marxism will take mm-hmm. over through violent revolution at the height of you know. The, well, the well, he also capitalism. does say it's, that it's, like that like tomorrow all apes all over the world will be imitating this and everything, and it will create strain on the system, and like humans will then you yeah, know, yeah it's about the slow takeover and like, whatever that allows yeah, yeah, the yeah. thing to destroy itself, and then will allow true communism to arise and whatever. I mean, because like, you're right, this is actually is now a society and an economy that like uh, like uh, relies on a slave class you know, a serving class. And right, right. if there is just like a giant, like ser- uh slave uprising that creates like a ton of strain on the economic global system. Cause they're talking about the whole world. You know, he's like apes all over the world are going to rise up. And it's like, 
it's clear that there's kind of like a a new world order. Like it's like not really like directly saying any of this, but it feels like the world in conquest has become this new world order. Like yeah. where like there is kind of a democracy, but it's to- a total lie. It's just like an oligarchy or just like a sort of like uh faux democracy or whatever it is. Um, I mean, the slave auction part's pretty interesting where you have like an exchange between two, like, uh, you know, probable oligarchs or rich people who are just like, I believe Brecht's good for our country and whatever, <laughs> you know, right. uh, that like, and she's like, you really believe so? And she's like, I can't, I can't imagine anybody who could stop him. Right. You know? like, <laughs> it's kind of like hinting towards the, it's like kind of hinting towards the idea that like he is like, has his sights towards like very high goals, like being a president or being like the ruler of the world or whatever. Right. Um, but, uh, but but yeah, so like this this proletariat revolution, it, it seems like the kind of thing that would like collapse this system because it relies on that or something. Um, totally. At this point. And totally. then that kind of stress on the economy and strain would ultimately create like a lot of uh, <clears throat> tension between the human classes and whatever. And, you know, create a war. Right. That, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe it's even some Matrix shit, too, where they're just, like, bombing cities that, like, apes, like, inhabit. You know what I mean? Or whatever. It's, like, lots of things could happen um, where they're just, like, making the environment uninhabitable for on purpose or something or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is what they were doing in the original, I guess, kind of. Trying to keep the population down. But... Mm-hmm. No, but yeah, Conquest, uh, so yeah, the, it, has that, it has that original dark ending, and um, apparently that ending was terrifying, and, you know, reportedly mothers were running down the aisles with their children to get out of the test screenings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so they ultimately, like, cut a lot of the violence out of the movie, and um, they completely changed the edit, the uh, ending in post. They didn't even have like extra footage or anything because the dark ending is really the one they went with um, and what they wanted to do. But in post, they actually like they did like a combination of like recording ADR from Roddy McDowell and like reversing some of the shots so that it would look like the apes were pulling away from attacking rather than pushing into attack because they kill Brent. That's the other thing we didn't. They kill Breck. Yeah, they beat yeah, Breck they, to death. They just straight up like they just straight up beat Breck to death, and yeah. then <laughs> so the they changed that to to be like after he gives his like sort of like Che Guevara speech, he then like gives this addendum that says, "But no, we will lay down our weapons, and we will like, and we will build a world of peace." So, yeah. I don't know. It's like it's it sucks, dude. It's kind of like and they like pull away. They don't kill. He's like, but uh, not today. Today will, like, all those things today. will happen, but today yeah. we can be better and we can build a world together <laughs> with humans. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, wait, what? And yeah. that's, and that's like, that's what they went with. That's, they changed it and then they, uh, that's the movie that they released. And yeah. that was the theatrical version of the movie and the one people knew and was canon and everything and is the premise that battle builds off of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But like, but that also, like, the idea of depicting that revolution as not violent is just, like, so morally 
like fucked. Like you know what I mean? It makes the movie so much less interesting than like kind of being like, no, no, you're supposed to you're supposed to side with them until a certain point where you're just like, oh no, maybe I'm not even part of a paradigm that can be okay with that level of like carnage and change and whatever. Like you know what I mean? That's actually Mm -hmm. not (laughs) like you know what I mean? Um, It's really dark. but I always enjoyed Conquest, I remember. Yeah, no, me too. And like, me too. it wasn't, you know, I always enjoyed it, despite the fact that it had that slightly more positive ending, I guess, and always thought it was a good movie. But then I saw the unrated version, I guess, by accident, like two years ago or something, because you lent me the Blu-rays. Yeah. And like, I don't think you had even watched it Yeah, I hadn't. I had the, the um, first you, time I saw the unrated the cut, Blu-ray. the first time I saw the unrated cut was this past week. I, I like yeah, couldn't believe I didn't realize it. Um, yeah. And I wasn't aware of it either. Like the last time I wa- when I watched it, and like for all I for all I knew, I was watching like the actual cut. Like you know, right? Um, I'm not sure how that happened, but I do specifically remember watching it two years ago, being like kind of blown away by it and the ending and how dark it was. And I was like, man, wow. I can't believe I never saw this before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really fucking dark. Wow, that was that was, that was just like really a radical, like work of art. Amazing. Um, and then I watched Battle and like hated it because like none of it made any sense. Yeah. You know, yeah. just like what the fuck is going on? Like this is completely rewriting everything. Yeah. Um, and then it didn't even. And then like this past couple weeks revisiting all the movies i was just watching them on like hulu so i watched the uh theatrical version of conquests and i had a real like berenstein bears moment where i was yeah, just like yeah. Wait a minute, what the fuck is going on here yeah. like i'm super confused and it didn't come together until like the other day where you're like yeah i just watched the like unrated version for the first time i was like oh like that makes sense yeah there are two okay. versions there are two versions. It's weird. Yeah, because this time I watched Battle and it made more sense because of this whole, like, peace, like, we're going to make peace angle at the end. Right. Like, that actually is, like, it's amazing how a couple edits and a little ADR, like, really fundamentally changes the end of the movie and, like, how congruous it is with Battle because, I don't know, man, it kind of sucks that that's, like, the situation because... The unrated version of Conquest is superior. It's an amazing film because of those. Absolutely. Like, you know what I mean? Because it's actually like gut wrenching. Like it's actually like you're seeing. I mean, just like just like an escape, man, where like the violence in escape is like not movie violence. It's like you're watching people that, you know, be like turned into matter like and that's horrible. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? And this mm-hmm. is like, we're going to show you a revolution, a violent revolution. And that's going to be a bunch of apes stabbing everybody to death and then just throwing <laughs> them at each other. And like Caesar being like, I was an intelligent guy, but like, this is the only way. <laughs> like, we tried like talking. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> this needs to be taken down. Like, and this is. And this is the time, and it's like this is like there's a weakness, and now you've created this thing that I can. And but then, then he becomes you know fascist like any of these you know communist dictators. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where it's like it's you're, you're no like I don't yeah, know. Yeah. It's like the, the you can't be morally superior while having well, a what did, well. What did his uh, what did his father say 
His father said if we had the power, we would be worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but that's that's a little story on the, you know, the alternate endings. Um, we got enough into the endings of Conquest. Talking about yeah. some of the stuff that happens throughout the movie, I, I really like, I mean, this whole movie really is just a lot of fun. Yeah. Interesting. I also love the way it builds out the environment. I love Armando, I think. Yeah, the uh, whole beginning with Ricardo Montalban is incredible. Like, the, just walking around, yeah, again, Century great. City, I guess, but, like, just walking around those mm-hmm. environments and kind of slowly introducing us to this world and then ending up at that, you know, monument to the, the dead animals or whatever. It's like he's giving this huge mythology yeah, thing. But, yeah. like, because it's Ricardo Montalban and because it's, like, such weird imagery, it's just kind of, like, so much mm-hmm. fun. You know what I mean? I, I, I okay, love so that. Okay, so when they're in front of the yeah yeah yeah, when they're in front of the animal statue, that's when he explains like what happened with the virus and yeah. and why how they started to domesticate the apes using yeah, yeah, pets yeah. and whatever. But like he doesn't really give an explanation for why the apes kind of evolve in the way they do. I think like one of the things that's, that um, doesn't really work about conquest um, is the fact that like these humans in ape costumes don't really look like real apes. Um, you can kind of, uh, you can kind of like, like in Planet of the Apes, you can be convinced by them because there's some kind of evolved right, form right, right. of ape that has like, re- like, like evolved into a bipedal humanoid form. Right. Like the idea that like a gorilla would look like a guy in a jumpsuit is ridiculous. Right. You know? Right. Right. Yeah. Um, it's like why aren't his arms enormous and why doesn't he have stubby feet and like why isn't he really like back and like shoulder heavy with a tiny butt and you know what I mean? Right. And yeah, big, yeah, yeah. Like it's like they're not really gorillas, but they're supposed to be. You right. know what I mean, they're 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 supposed to be like real chimpanzees and gorillas that we've domesticated over the past twenty years. You know? <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> twenty years. Exactly. <laughs> it doesn't really work. Yeah. Uh, but all that, like, like what, what um, Armando says is, like, and then he's, like, we domesticated them, and then we were surprised at how well they could learn, how uh, smart they could be, and then they got larger and larger, and, well, <laughs> and that's, like, all he says. It's, like, so vague. Yeah. But, um, but I believe um, Cornelius gives, like, a slightly different explanation in Escape that involves, like, genetic... Um, uh, that involves like genetic uh, therapy or genetic like design hmm. or whatever. What whatever you call it, Gen- genetic manipulation. Interesting. And that when that's he, how they like. Did he mention? I don't know. That? I don't. <clears throat> if you don't remember it, then I'm not sure if I can um, say it really happened or not. I just I just remember there maybe being a mention of that, but I wasn't I wasn't able to go back to. I just I just my my favorite idea of it, which works with the original ending of Escape and and eliminating uh, Battle, is just the idea that these are descendants of Caesar, like that they're descendants of the original well, of apes, and that yeah, it's something they, that just like they were just you know if you introduce a talking ape and then you let them proliferate, then like in you know a thousand years you've got like a lot of them. You know, <laughs> yeah, but they would, but then they'd all be talking. No, yeah, yeah, exactly. But that, that's that's what I'm that's what I'm talking about the explanation for the apes in the first place. But like, yeah, the idea that these apes can be domesticated to the point where like they look like people in costumes and can do these like tasks is like it's another sci-fi idea that sets up this reality. You know, I don't know. They're not. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. 
it doesn't it doesn't no, make sure. sense it's a could, it's a it's it doesn't make sense just but like i do the, like i do like the idea of escape like, doesn't make sense and how like, it how it ties the idea of pet ownership and like slavery together where it's talking about like that it started as pets and that like mm-hmm. but then because they were more intelligent like the dynamic became one that was much more S&M, like master slave. And there was like a much more of this disdain introduced um, specifically because there was like more intelligence there, which I like, I thought that was very, that was like a really weird, interesting thing to be a part of the thing. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, like, I think that that's an interesting idea. Like if you, like attribute it to slavery or something right where like i just think like i don't know like um anyone like you 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 can own a dog right like lots of people own dogs you got you own a dog right i own a dog like you could do anything you want to that dog you could treat that dog like you could whip that dog like nobody's gonna stop you like you know what i mean it's your fucking dog like you Mm -hmm. know you could like do and but you don't because you're not a piece of shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like there's no reason <laughs> that you would just like torture a dog like or like just love sitting there all day whipping your dog because you can. It's like no, that's you that's horrible. Like what type of you'd have to be like maybe maybe like, you know, one in every thousand dog owners is like that, but like that's not what dog ownership is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If you take that idea and you apply it to slavery, <laughs> Like, you could be like, yeah, well, like, most of the slave owners probably weren't that bad. Why would they be so bad to the slaves? Like, wouldn't you just be like, they they would just, you know, they own them, so they'd be nice to them, like, right? (laughs) It's like, well, (laughs) maybe there's just this idea of, like, nah, man, there's, there's, like, you're introducing a dynamic of superiority when, like, there isn't really superiority there, and, like, therefore it creates this, like, thing like an inferiority complex or superiority complex that introduces like this whole dynamic of like actual hatred and like that sort of thing that allows you to justify the way that you're treating somebody you know what i mean Hmm. like that that i think is like an interesting idea in this movie where it's like in order to justify the things that they're making these apes do there is this sort of like hateful thing way they treat all of them but like there's only like these few people that are kind of like nice to the apes. And that's like, because they're like, yeah, cause we were, we were slaves too. <laughs> or like, because Armando <laughs> is just like got a fucking chimp fetish or whatever. <laughs> but like, other than that, like everybody else is just kind of like, you know, racist <laughs> slave owners in, you know, yeah. The Breck South. says, Breck says, <laughs> Breck says to McDonald, don't be so touchy. Uh, like we're all slaves of one kind or another. Right. Right. But it's like, I don't know. It's it's interesting that part of the movie seems to blame the the real like uh, sadism of it or whatever on the like fact that the apes are actually much more intelligent than like dogs or cats or whatever. And like similarly, you could think about like, yeah, well, that would be even more extreme if you were talking about humans actually being human and not like an animal. Like, you, you know what I mean? So you have to have like well, a big narrative of that they the, actually uh, are animals. So that allows you to continue to treat them as your slave. Like, you know, that's, yeah, I, yeah, I thought yeah. it was interesting. I mean, that, 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 that is the narrative that Zayas is talking about in the first movie too. That like, 
Which is why it does. Exactly. It you're does, not, you're like, right. You're right. Exactly. It totally is. It it's does, totally like we've created, connect. like ra- the racism, like does not come out of a paradigm of like noticing something and, and then like saying it. It comes out of a paradigm of like wanting to justify something. What, what is it? Like it's what you were talking about, like the financial motivations of all ideologies, like that societies generally don't like make these turns based on ideologies. They make them based on financial motives or whatever, or power yeah, motives or that like sort of thing. Economic and like motives. Economic. Yeah, exactly. Or like motives of power. They're like, like banal similarly motives in, that don't have to do with like actually necessarily hating someone because of the color of their skin. Right. I mean, but then you create an ideology a, that is hating them for the color of their skin that, that you then pass down to other people that then allows you to be okay with the fact <clears throat> that you have a, you know, society that's based on slavery. That's also based on freedom. It's like, well, that's, there's a cognitive dissonance mm-hmm. there. It's like, yeah, yeah, but they're not really people. It's like, Oh, okay. Well that solves that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, it's yeah, like, yeah, it doesn't yeah. come I mean, out of them being literally... like, well, they're not really people. So we can import them as slaves. It comes out of them being like, well, no, we imported people as slaves. Oh, well, we're not okay with that? I mean, All right, well, they're not really people then. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, well, then we're okay. That's literally what they say during the trial or during the hearing is that, uh, you know, that he's not an ape, so he he doesn't have any rights under ape exactly. law. Exactly, exactly. Um, he's, he's not, like, really, yeah, he's not deserving of rights because he is a different type of being. Right. Um. And yeah, I mean, a lot, a lot of people will consider the dehumanization of a population um, to be like one of the steps towards fascism or authoritarianism. Totally. Being able to create an other of some kind and dehumanize them and um, sort of like cast them as nothing more than a bunch of like cockroaches who are going to destroy your crops and take your jobs and whatever it is. The the problem the problem with all of it is the whole like Dr. Zayas is right angle, right? <laughs> is the idea that like those humans are kind of destroying their crops and like you know what I mean? Like the whole thing and like yeah. the humans did like blow up humans did blow up the world and like yeah. they couldn't treat their neighbors with respect yeah. and they had their go and they fucked it all up. You know what I mean? So and that's the, whole the thing, thing in, of, like, in this movie too though, man, <clears throat> is Breck is totally right. Where it's just like, Oh shit, I just didn't find him, but like if I did, I fucking absolutely should have killed him because <laughs> look what's happening yeah, now. Absolutely. Like They've piled our bodies in the streets and they're stabbing them over and over and mutilating them with their butts of their fucking rifles. <laughs> it's like the most, mm-hmm. like it's the worst it could have possibly gone. <laughs> like, it's, it is, sure. it is definitely like the darkest timeline. Like that's like this, this whole like series in general is just like, oh my God, something got in there and just like made everything so horrible. <laughs> like, somehow some <laughs> apes came out. Like, I, I don't know. Like it doesn't make any sense, but like now it's all about this shit and it's going to destroy the world. Like, and it's just going to get worse and worse. Like each movie yeah. just like more, you know. Talk about suicide death cults or now nah, let's really get into like Nazis and shit or now nah, let's really go into like slavery and like revolution. <laughs> you know, it's like it's really, really fucking all, uh, all which the one is stuff. darker? <laughs> like all the meaty dark and, stuff. Yeah, it's 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 the best, dude. It's insane that this is like maybe the most like formative series of my like whole childhood. <laughs> this is the shit that I was just watching over and over. <laughs> Like, ugh, it's the darkest shit. 
Yeah. And it's all just about that's how why, like that's nothing. Why you're fucked. There's no answer. Well, that's why you're liquid, man. You know, that's why you don't uh, you don't pick teams. You know, because uh, when you're when you're brought up in Planet of the Apes, you realize the truth that uh, there is no there is no real you know right or wrong. It's all just just is and you could greet it with a temper tantrum yeah like you can either be you can you can either be a fucking taylor or you can be a dr zayas Mm -hmm. or you can be a zira but like whatever you know it's not really uh doesn't matter it's like you're still just another player in this this cluster this cluster fuck that's called life where all these different things that are not exactly perfectly compatible are vying for power and influence and uh it is it, it that that's kind of why the dr zayas um breck uh perspective sort of like is so intoxicating because like it's easy for people to be poetically lulled into like that vision of the world that like human populations are kind of just like a bunch of bugs, like consuming resources, taking over, just like slowly taking over the ability for like people to live life and for there to be vitality because like the amount of people that there are propagates these systems of control and that cultures actually aren't always compatible and right. you know that there is like a, a reality to like infection in a cultural sense that if you have a insular culture that operates in a certain way that has, has, that has historically been proven to be um, one of the only ways a culture actually sticks around or survives some of the like oldest and most ancient cultures that survived for like thousands of years, um, did so by changing very little and operating on a lot of, uh, religious suppositions and ideas about the way the world works that might've been like slightly scientifically based and based on their anecdotal experiences and realities. But ultimately, you know, they're not trying to find the truth or expand or change the way they're doing things because it's, you know, it's like why the ancient Egyptians like survived for so long. And we have nothing on that. And our progress is only spelling like the, the signs of imminent doom and destruction, you know? So it's like this idea, this idea that like, all cultures can coexist and all get along and that there can be, there actually can be a tailor. Um, you know what I mean? In the ape society and that like, it can all be fine and whatever, you know what I mean? Right. But, um, right. No, they're not uh, it's, compatible. It's, it's, it's like, it, it's the kind of, into- like this kind of perspective is intoxicating and can lead towards racist views of people and the world and whatever, you know, and populations and, um, might start to like, uh, allow you to like otherize people and dehumanize people in your mind. Um, because yeah, ultimately sometimes cultures are in conflict and the way you live your life, it could actually be in direct threat because of another type of culture or way of life. Um, totally. And I don't know. Totally. I want to be like, I want to be the type of person who believes that like, 
people can coexist and stuff. But I think often historically and uh, even anecdotally, it's pretty easy to see that we've had a very hard time managing that type of thing and that it seems like the the course we're on right now is a more and more ever-present um, homogenization of culture um, through capitalism and the almighty dollar and whatever and kind of things that are just sort of like destroying, um, turning everybody in the same kind of like automaton that just like existing on in this Western paradigm defined by the <laughs> industrial revolution and whatever. I don't know. Um, totally. Totally. Might be like, I don't know, might all be a stretch to get into all that. But I do think that like there are these really like fundamental and deep worldviews that Planet of the Apes is discussing with its characters that like we could get into all that stuff and record like a whole another podcast just about those concepts and about like genetics and the reality of uh, human populations and like the systems that control them and power and all this stuff. And Planet of the Apes does a pretty good job at exploring these things. Totally, uh, totally. And it like and it mm. ties in all sorts of like inherent contradictions of those things that like make those conversations so interesting. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. It's it's by being a piece of art or whatever, it can do something and like fill it with like, yeah, all of the truths, even though it might not have any real necessary truth to, like, I don't, I don't know, point or whatever that it's making, like the one point mm-hmm. that it's making other than just sort of, cynicism <laughs> you know for sure but it does allow it to like talk about all these things in all sorts of ways from all sorts of points of view and like with a lot of that just like reversal stuff like there's, there's just tons of this like you know what if you were in this place as opposed to being in this place what if apes were the ones in charge as opposed to being people or what if black people were the ones or mm-hmm. the white people were the ones that were doing the thing to the whatever or what if the you know and that that allows it to basically kind of like we were talking about with Barbie a lot, um, strangely. But yeah, like, yeah, for sure. Talk about yeah. things from like Where, all like, it's sorts on, it's of different. Making angles. you identify with something that's wrong or vice versa. Right, right, exactly. Finally, putting you into the shoes or whatever. Yeah, and just kind of um, trying to make everything more gray. Um, in in I mean maybe not necessarily in Barbie, but in this case, I think I think that it's really trying to make everything a lot more gray and make you kind of feel more conflicted then you feel sort of any sort of resolution about anything and like but it also like brings you to the darkest places in order to do that <laughs> like you know what i mean i feel like what a lot mm-hmm. of people like watching yeah. movies or, or like comedy people say like comedy is good because it brings you to the darkest places and makes you laugh in those places and that's therapeutic or whatever um planet of the apes just kind of brings you to the darkest places and kind of makes you feel bad about them <laughs> But, like, it's still amazing. Yeah. Like, I love it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Um, it, like, but... It's like, uh, like, also, we didn't even mention, like, you know, how incredible, like, <laughs> the death of Armando is. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, my God, he refuses. Dude. He refuses to be under the lie detector and jumps out a fucking window. Like, yeah. it's so good. Yeah. It's like... 
that's actually like he's a true rev like true revolutionary true uh hero of the cause and totally. whatever. like i don't totally. know i just think i uh, like i think that in in a lot of movies you you'll have you know torture scenes where you see oh this guy's so courageous because he puts up with so much pain and he doesn't give him up or he doesn't do whatever and then they kill him or something and it's like oh that was a but like Armando is just kind of a, like, they ask him one question. He's like, fuck, I can't lie because the fucking lie detector thing works. You know what I mean? And he's like, yeah, All right, yeah. I fucking need to go kill myself now. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like, it's the same with yeah. um, Zira and the one before it. But like, I, I love that like people are powerless against the system in these movies. Like, I mean, in the first one, Charlton Heston does escape or whatever, but it's with the help of the system. There, there's, you know, there's some, it, it all has to do with, I mean, finagling it that that correct way. Like in in Escape, like Cornelius, like when they when they take Zero away from him, and they're like they've got a um, needle, and he's like, no, you can't use that on her. They're, they're, you, we only use that for killing. And she's like, no, no, we're not gonna kill her. It's just for something else. And he's like, what? No, what? No. And they're just like taking him out of the room. And he's like, are you fucking serious? What? And then they like close the door, and it's like he doesn't he doesn't freak out. Like he doesn't stop them. He doesn't. Do, he's just kind of like, "Are you are you serious? Is, is this okay, Zira? Are we doing this? What the fuck?" And then like they close the door, and it's like that just feels very real. And it would be really fucked mm-hmm. up if they just killed it right then. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like that feels like a just like a real person's reaction or whatever. It's like, wait, am I? Should I be standing up for something? What's happening right now? Is this like the moment that I need to like? What, and then like, and then it has that moment later in the movie where they're like, we're gonna, they're like, they're gonna kill your baby right now. And it's like he just fucking kills the guy. It's like, all right, that was the yeah, thing yeah, yeah. that made him stand up and do it. But like, it took a lot, and he was a little like fucking you know, bitch for like a lot of the movie, um, not standing up for shit and allowing shit to happen or whatever. And like that happens to a lot of the characters in a lot of these where it's like, you know, part of this is that you're a prisoner and you are not going to be able to do anything about it. It's you can't, you can't just like fight and like whatever. And like Armando can't do anything to like get out of this. And like, he actually is, yeah, dude, a real revolutionary. He's a real, like, cause he just like jumps out a fucking window. Like he's willing to do it. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's so it's such a violent yeah. like horrible like, it's not fun like you know what I mean it, does, it isn't even presented as courageous like it's presented like again like nah. a, like an army of shadows thing like it's it's presented as like moral ambiguity from like the French underground <laughs> like it's it's horrible sure, yeah. uh, and <clears throat> but it's awesome yeah and Caesar Caesar bends under torture too they pretty much like they put him on that table and shock him once, and then he like speaks. Yeah, you know, yeah, just like his mom with one, you know, like a little bit of you know grape juice, and she's uh, talking. Caesar's just like, mm-hmm. oh, a little bit of torture. All right, fine, fucking, I'll talk. <laughs> like, really? That was it. One. All right. Cool. <laughs> like, but yeah, so I, I like couple, that the couple, torture actually works. That there's not this superhuman <clears throat> thing of like. Yeah, well, they're tougher guys. They're really committed guys. It's like, no, no, no. They're just, nobody can stand up to this. Fortunately, there's a window there for him to kill himself. <laughs> like, it's just, because mm-hmm. otherwise it'd be much worse. It's horrible. It's dark. So dark. So, mm-hmm. like, before we get into battle, because we're, we should probably start um, moving towards our finale. Um, yeah, yeah. But I just wanted to, to mention, like, one other thing about the aesthetics that I really like the, um, I really like the 
how aesthetically the movie understands the kind of fascistic aesthetics and it's it's funny how oh, yeah um, they're just like wearing <clears throat> german like fucking costumes <laughs> well yeah it's it's a very it's also just a black and white color scheme black white and red yeah it's like the predominant colors in the movie yeah, yeah, yeah. which are like the nazi colors and um century city has a very like fascistic kind of vibe to it even totally. if that's not what they probably intended to do it's like it really is no, just like mean, one of those Weird yeah. things where, like, this, yeah, this modern architecture thing just like represents this sort of weird, sort of like functional, uh, utilitarian looking thing. I don't know. That's like design without having design. Yeah, there's something, um, there's something weird about it. Something weird. About I mean, they're not like, but like the fascistic aesthetics are almost powerful and like they're uh, alluring, uh, which is why they were probably so successful in the 40s, but, right. um, because now they wear that look, but yeah, but yeah, I also I also like just the, I like how Breck, um, has like dudes just kind of like coming into his office with like data reports, and that like he's like he's a governor, but like it seems like his um, his decisions are made based on a bunch of like data that like computers are crunching and stuff, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and uh, that he's like he's like um, developing a list of like apes that have been unruly okay uh, called the called the achilles list okay okay he's just kind of keeping track keeping track of political dissonance in the from from the proletariat class Mm -hmm. but in a very like computery like ibm-y kind of way yeah 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 right it's fascism Um, (laughs) mm -hmm. no but i just like their understanding of that those details are they're cool. Yeah, 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 totally. Very dystopian, very Orwellian. The Madhouse pen is real psychedelic. I don't totally understand it or why they're doing it or what the deal is with that place, but it's just awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When he, <laughs> when he first takes Caesar in there and they're just like flamethrowing at the, like just. They're conditioning yeah, people to dance, fire. dance, monkey, dance. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's those apes like running around with those like psychedelic rainbow lights flashing around and stuff. It's like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> totally, totally. <laughs> It's, it's it's i mean it's a like lot of it really grade, reminded man. me of uh, <laughs> a lot of it really reminded me of clockwork orange um some like the, the idea of, shit yeah yeah guantanamo, like guantanamo, orange yeah shit. yeah well definitely the guantanamo bay shit that that, that uh what's uh what's name talks about um many steric goats and shit with the psychedelic torture stuff yeah john ronson and um, yeah, john yeah, ronson's yeah. book yeah um, Barney being played incessantly. Totally, totally. But also just the conditioning the on display continue. in Clockwork Orange and sort of uh, the, that sort of style idea of psychology. You know what I mean? Where it's like, yeah, you could just like, mm-hmm. you know, expose them to this and get them used to it and whatever based on a series of things. And then they would be able to do these tasks and whatever. It's, 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 um, what, what's the, what's the book that you read? Walden 2? That sort of idea of Volume like, two, like yeah. you know, conditioning, mm. um, op- operant conditioning, right? Where it's like you condition them in a certain way and then they end up being able to do far more complex stuff. I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. But this, not based on that really, and their, their happiness or whatever, based on just their unhappiness, <laughs> I guess. It seems like most For of sure. it was just saying no and, and torturing them, which actually cannot produce behavior can only stop behavior um so it's kind of hard to 
see a I mean, lot of not, these things. They're not Pavel- yeah, they're not dogs. They're too intelligent to mm-hmm. for the Pavlovian method to work on them. Essentially, right. right. I mean, that's like a rep- recipe for disaster if you're going to treat an intelligent animal. Um, that way like they're not going to salivate for they're not going to salivate when you ring the bell because they know that you're manipulating them and that like i mean sometimes they still will you know well they might they might for a while but then get wise to it yeah yeah yeah. if they're intelligent enough right i mean really dogs failure is that they're stupid but like their stupid ignorance makes them like malleable and actually like uh, like (laughs) happier and like oh, man, dogs uh, coexist coexist in life uh in a way that's like you know healthy and sustainable <laughs> yep, yep. your dogs just as long as you're not like just like physically abusing a dog and not feeding it like if it's just having its basic needs met and given some you know attention and gets to have its exercise like it's gonna be fine it doesn't like care if it's owned or it's like glad to be owned right right it doesn't have any greater ambitions than that. It doesn't want to have like power over you. Right. It, like derives pleasure from the subservient role. Right. Right. That's because um, it's been domesticated. I mean, if you had a wolf living with you, it'd be a little different, I think. Sure. And so, yeah. Could you domesticate a human? I guess like Planet of the Apes, the first one's trying to suggest the idea that like maybe man could become a devolve a du- to, into a dumb enough animal. But like, I mean, this stuff gets into, like, the brain stuff, though, too. Like, if you're talking about the actual science of the brain, um, the fact that, like, our brain hasn't really actually changed all that much since we started using, like, stone tools Mm -hmm. and shit like that. Mm -hmm. Like, our actual... Like, if you went back in time and, like, you know, you could teach a man how to make fire and how to build like a farm and do all that stuff at that point. Yeah. Like they just, they hadn't arrived there yet, had to get there naturally, but their brains were capable of understanding all that. Right. Right. And so I think the idea of like these apes, like being primed in a physical sense that their brains are capable and that maybe even apes in our real world are actually somewhat primed to be more advanced than we than we see at this moment, you know? Yeah. Um, but not in 20 years or whatever. You know? Yeah, <laughs> because, right. Exactly. Especially because, like, especially because, like, battle, like, really fucks it up where it's just, like, now they, all these apes are talking. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, like, the idea that they would actually have right. the speech centers and all that stuff, like, ready to go. I don't know about that. Right. But, the, yeah, the idea that they could, like, be a slave class that would eventually like get really fed up with that status. That's somewhat believable. I mean, especially if Um, they eventually were led by a charismatic leader, you know what I mean? Who actually, sure. Who like showed them they could talk and be bipedal. Right. But also existed in both worlds, like existed in the pre-existing paradigm as well as the new paradigm where like he can talk. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And he does understand these things, but he's also ape. And there's there's that sort of idea of a paradigm shift mm-hmm. that requires that person sure, that yeah, can yeah. kind of straddle the line. Um, and he's both man and ape. So he can be the one that takes over man for ape. Um, yeah. Which is, I don't know. I don't know enough Marxism, but I feel like Marx should say something about that probably at some point. If he didn't, he was dumb. Nobody should read his shit. 
So <laughs> that just came up with something better. It certainly is like more. I mean, I definitely think the um, that vision of a revolution is so much more like French revolutionary. I bet Pierre Boulle would have been like into it. Maybe he will actually. He might have even been involved. Like they brought him back in on the second, on the third or fourth one to, you know, throw some ideas in there. But yeah. like, but like, I mean. That I mean, unless you're looking at like Nat Turner or something, this is not like a vision of the like slave revolution. That's not how it went down, you know. No, right, right, right. No, absolutely. They didn't. They they didn't. They didn't like. That's why I think. That's why I think that what we're really talking take, about take is kind of white a, slave owners. Well, yeah. Uh, that's why. That's why I think we're kind of talking about like a Marxist, you know, revolution kind of, yeah, where it's yeah, talking yeah. about like, well, we're rising up here now for our workers' rights, but like this will, you know spread and there will be a sentiment that will allow your thing to collapse and that thing collapsing will allow for the space in which we will create the new world and build create. our own world and yeah create a new religion in our our own culture and totally totally yeah for sure but which leads to battle in which they do that yeah. um but i mean in the in the original ending it's definitely fucking just like is going to kill all the people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Maybe not all of them, but it's yeah, like, yeah. he's going to let this revolution be a violent revolution. And it's going to be a violent revolution for his entire life. He's never going to see this beautiful future in which like they've taken over. It's like, no, no, no. He's going to exist in the smoke and he's going to be there with fucking knives to kill your children until, like, you know what I mean? It's like he's him standing up there at the end of that movie is so fucking, oh, man. He is, uh, well, I mean, he's going to kill uh, us, dude. He's That's a real, like, he's. Well, as Caesar says to McDonald, uh, you above everybody else should understand we cannot be free until we have power. That's right, man. That's right. <laughs> And take power by any means necessary. Yeah. But then, yeah, I guess instead we right. have the the lame other ending where he's like, well, but we can be nice today because we've already won yeah, the global yeah. battle, I guess, <laughs> by proving it here. Mm-hmm. And so, like, we'll be forgiving. We may, and uh, we'll be, we'll, we'll have mercy. You have mercy. And then we'll build a, a, you know, nice little village society together when the world collapses. That'll have nothing to do with us. Mm-hmm. Maybe your brother will get blown away. I don't know what will happen, but. Yeah. Uh, so last, last and certainly least. Last, maybe not certainly least. Last I and I, I think it might be least. Maybe least. Maybe not quite as bad as beneath. I don't know. They're both pretty bad. Beneath, beneath might be more interesting. For beneath is more interesting for all of its flaws. The, like, but I think battle does do the things that beneath does worst better you know what i mean i feel like if you combined Mm. battle and beneath like you might have a good planet of the apes movie like or at least a better one (laughs) like you know what i mean at least a better one but what kind of battle is is a attempted remake of beneath i think where you basically have the same thing in some ways or at least like a prequel to beneath that acknowledges like the the beginnings of this sort of like mutant mole people society that lives in the runes right and uh then the rise of the militant um aldo which was like general urso 
That's right. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, in this one, it's Aldo. Beneath and, exactly. Um, yeah, and so Aldo's like the militaristic dude who's like, you know, not doesn't like humans and doesn't really like agree with Caesar and the way he's running the society and whatever. So, so like, we, I think both, both you and I agree that, like, uh, at, like just to say at this point, that if you were going to watch, um, it's fun to imagine, and then this gets into the timeline stuff, too, but it's fun to imagine that the unrated version of Conquest is the end of the series. Yeah, I think that's because, the best way that the series ends, is with because um, Caesar and the Carnage. Yeah, because, that, because then that, like, totally necessitates, like, uh, the Planet of the Apes. Like, you can, you can imagine... You can imagine that being the beginning of the story that leads to the planet that Taylor lands on. Yeah, I mean, in but, fact, Caesar know, specifically, um, like, says that that will be his future, and he knows it, and it's been prophesized, and that's, like, that's the case. Like, he's mm-hmm. just like, fine, like, you guys will destroy they, yourselves, and we will be there, and we will rise up, and then you'll be fucking nothing, and we will be the ones that will have the planet, and, like, it's... Absolutely. That's what happens. Conquest was an, was initially a uh, attempt to bring it full circle and actually tie it all together, yeah. regardless of how um, preposterous Escape's premise is. Yeah. Um, it does tie it all together in a way that's satisfying enough at the end of Conquest. Um, however, since they went with the theatrical version... Battle builds on this idea that, like, yeah, the the bombs did drop and yada yada yada. But like, Caesar and the humans did get along and like escape to a, a, another land together to build a society together. And and I don't know, yeah, McDonald's brothers there. And it's really like it's only like what what like fifteen years later or something because like Caesar has a son. Yeah, right. You know, and with Lisa, and but like, and all the apes are talking now. And that was the other thing um, that happened at the end of Conquest, right? Is the end of Conquest originally? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Originally, there's no talking ape other than Caesar. Like Caesar, the descendant mm-hmm. of you know Zira and Cornelius, is the only talking ape, and he starts this revolution. And we can assume that he, I mean, he already fucked once like earlier the movie ever <laughs> dropped the drop girl off in his uh, room and he's like yeah all right that's what i'm all mm-hmm. right <laughs> it goes on in but uh <laughs> yeah 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 but um yeah you just assume that like there's going to be the descendants of caesar and then that they will have their descendants and that's going to be the race of talking apes but then in the theatrical cut the one that you know the only one that most people have seen ends with her saying no when during to all the violence you know what i mean and it's then that he's like okay well actually we won't like tonight won't be the night and all that stuff and it's like it's all because (laughs) she spoke and it's like well her speaking sucks uh that's a terrible like because who why can an ape speak it's not a descendant of any of these talking it doesn't make any sense um I mean, it's but, whatever. Like, it that's yeah, the it same thing. It doesn't work with the rest of the It's the same it. thing that happens, which we also didn't talk about, at the end of uh, Beneath. Um, is with, is uh, Nova. Nova. Nova eventually speaks. Taylor! <laughs> Taylor! <laughs> like, but it's so... It, it's like such a, you know, horrible... Oh, man. It, I wonder if that's what her voice sounds like. Because she just smoking, like, so much that she sounded like... It sounded like Patty and Selma what it sounded like 
Well, maybe she's imitating uh, Taylor because right, he right, has right. the raspy, yeah, hoarse voice. True. Because it's he was true. sick that whole movie. I wonder. I wonder up. if that actress sick though, with the flu just sounds horrible. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but but I think I think basically yeah, I that change um, to conquest where the other ape can speak for no reason and then the idea that like speech yeah was just like something that had to be activated in the brains of these apes and now they can all learn to speak like that to me is stupid as fuck but then that's like part of the premise of this battle you know where it's like okay well we like in one generation have an entire society of talking apes that's already structured this way and like has no other humans like i don't know you know what i mean it's mm-hmm. it's a it's a huge jump and it's a stupid jump and it fucks with the actual idea of the whole franchise like as a whole. Yeah, they do they do treat it as something that just needs to be unlocked and so like in battle there's actually like a an English school taught by a human. Right. And like the like the gorillas are there like even Urso that that, that which admittedly is a funny power dynamic moment that like uh, sorry, not <laughs> sorry, not Ursus. Uh, Aldo. Aldo. That um, like Al- Aldo actually needs to like sit in this class and like learn English from like a human teacher. Right. Um, it kind of makes sense that he doesn't respect that and stuff. Yeah. Uh, like uh, this, it's it, like this like society that that Caesar is trying to create, where the humans and the apes live in harmony, is like um. Like, yeah, creating a weird dynamic in which, like, the military and all of this, like, masculine might of the military has no place to go or thrive or whatever. Right, right, right. Totally. And the gorillas, and the gorillas, remember, are, like, the majority. There's, like, definitely more gorillas than anyone else. Right. The chimpanzees are the minority, which is weird. I'm not sure what the deal with that is. <laughs> um well, speaking speaking of some weird cognitive dissonance with the the racial uh, stuff, I, I think that that's one of my kind of favorite parts of battle um, is the whole beginning where it's just like this weird thing that doesn't really quite work um, about the word no, where it's just like all mm-hmm. of the apes telling all of the people that they can't say the n word like. Because of oh, yeah. because of all of the <laughs> you know like all of the history that's tied into that word and like all of the horrible yeah, things yeah, where yeah. but like Only but then it also but then it goes no. further but, like it's like but that like brings out the real ape in me like it it brings up our hatred and violence so it's okay if he like it tried to kill you it's like he's just gonna get more and more angry because like you said the n word and that unleashes his inner animal and <laughs> so it's like wait what <laughs> that's how, like, you know what I mean. And then it's like the the only people who are enforcing this are like Aldo, who's like the dumbest of like it, it's like it ends up being kind of racist. <laughs> you know what I mean? Even yeah, though it's yeah. like not trying to be, it's like because this series continually has this thing of like, yeah, but what about the other way? Or like, how about if we flip that on its head? They like flip so many things on their heads so many times that it's like <laughs> you can read anything any way. So every one of these things ends up being so like yeah, it's so easy to read it as <laughs> the worst way, you know? Um, and, but, but I do, but I do think that yeah, that's like, yeah, it's yeah, a very sure. planet of the it's apes like, moment to like have a bunch of like apes talking about like how that's un, un, inappropriate to use the N word <laughs> as a human. But then they like 
the guy that they're attacking for it is a black man and stuff. So it's like trying to, like, I don't know. It would feel weirder if it was a white guy who they were telling not to say the N word as it a bunch of It was a white apes. guy. It was a white guy. It was the teacher. Yeah, the teacher was the, the teacher says no. Yeah, that was the black guy. That was, um. No, it's a, no, it's a white guy. It's, it's not, it was someone else. It was a white dude. Are you sure? Yeah, the the the, the black, it black wasn't guy McDonald's? is uh, McDonald's. No, it wasn't McDonald's brother. Oh yeah, it was Abe. It was someone else. So it's a white it's guy. Abe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're he right. says, and he says no. Yeah, yeah And yeah, like yeah. Paul Williams and them are like, "Yo, dude, you don't say that." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he's but he's the English teacher. Yeah, he's like Abe. an academic, which is why it's in, which is why it's interesting because he's like actually like. That's like it's so funny because that's literally the shit that's happening to people like like academics who would like uh, like white academics who might like say the word in an academic context on a stage and get like raked across the coals for right, it. Right, right, right. Or like when uh, when um, like Liam Neeson said it or not? Was it Liam Neeson? Well, I don't know. I mean, Liam no, Neeson no, no, did some other uh, shit. <laughs> It's Vigo Mortensen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Vigo Mortensen. He said some, he said Vigo the Mortensen said the uh, the N word on like a stage during uh, his, like the press tour for a Green Book. Oh, right, right, and he, right. Like, and he said it in like a really like academic way, where like you know he was just saying something along the lines of yes, and at this time you know people would say the N word, but he used the N word. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was one of those things, and someone like in the crowd stood up and said like, "You can't say that." Right. <laughs> I was like, I just said it a lot um, in Green Book. <laughs> yeah, but um, but, but sorry to go off base. But no, yeah, but totally. Like, it's a, it's a, it's that, a weird. That, that's a really. <clears throat> I feel like a lot of a lot of like an iconic Planet of the Apes thing is to have these weird things that just like have this resonance with <clears throat> these complicated aspects of the culture. Do you know what I mean? And not to have them worked out mm-hmm. in Planet of the Apes, but just to have like them resonate so hard <laughs> that it just like will continue to resonate. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, 50 years later, it'll be like, oh yeah, it's exactly like what's going on with this guy. But that's because mm-hmm. it's like such a weird dream of racial disparity that like touches on it so many different ways that it, I don't know. But, but I think that the N-word discussion of this movie is like, kind of the dumbest of all of them <laughs> you know what i mean of all of those things <laughs> that the planet of the apes will do but i i do think it's kind of the funniest of all of them too because it's so like wait what this is this really all right okay let's talk yeah. about this right now we did like it was like we did fucking you know suicide cults in the end of the world and shit and then we you know, really got into Nazis and, you know, real slavery stuff. So now let's talk about, like, the proper use of language in modern time. Like, I don't know. It's that's like, such a, it, that's like, that's really a, it's really a minor point, though. That's not really what the movie's no, about. No, I know, I know, of course, of course. It does, doesn't spend too much time on it. Yeah, that. it's like five minutes, really but it's like my movie, favorite five really minutes the, of it. Really, the movie is, like, it's kind of about... It is about how this ape, um, this new ape society is trying to, like, unite. They're trying to do under. something better. They're trying to do yeah, better to do than better. what the humans did. And they and think they of themselves as somehow, like, uh, they think of themselves as these revolutionaries as somehow better than the, the paradigm that they overtook. And, like, I think that most of the movie just kind of is them kind of realizing that they're not, you know? 
Well, they, it's the whole ape shall never kill ape thing. Yeah, yeah. They like start to create their own. I was like, yeah, well, they just have They start to create yet. their own doctrine or whatever. Um, but then Aldo breaks that by killing Caesar's yeah. son. But their whole doctrine is like um, totally susceptible to that because it's all based on these high mm-hmm. ideals and whatever. And it hasn't stood the test of like actual corruption and shit. Like in order to get those weapons, what does Aldo have to do? He has to go and have a whole conversation with this guy about ethics and whatever and choose to yeah. like, the guy can choose to give him the weapons or not. And like, that's how the society works. Or he could just like open the door and take them. Because <laughs> the door is held together with sticks and he's a giant gorilla. So, like, they just knock down the door and they take him. It's like, didn't you guys think of that? It's like, no, we just thought that. It's like, yeah, well, then your society was weak as fuck. Like, that's, like, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. And this is part of the society getting stronger is this sort of corruption or whatever. But it also is part of the society becoming the same thing that it overtook. It's no better. Uh, maybe it's even worse, you know? Um as you know yeah i I don't even really um i don't even really like remember what aldo's motivation was exactly is it as simple as he's just like trying to take over yeah i think i think basically like aldo like humans and the problem with aldo in in this movie and i think it's kind of the problem with this movie is that like he's not that interesting of a fucking guy <laughs> like i think that basically like aldo's written as like this really dumb like idea of masculine power who's like he's being followed by people because he speaks in this way about like power and what they deserve and blah 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 like it's it's like the i don't know the mussolini sort of thing or whatever mm-hmm. i don't know it, or, or um I don't know. I don't know. It, it, it's it's a really dumb version of of fascism, <clears throat> essentially. Um, mm-hmm. And the idea, like, it's, you know, a little bit of what's depicted in like 1900 with uh, the Nazi guy who's like the dumb guy or something. There's some. I don't know. I, I, I think I think that it's basically not that interesting because Aldo is basically like. Also, like in the end. Like, when there's the actual battle, he's just hiding in the woods with his friends and then goes out and kills the last people, like, and shit, like, like a coward. Like, there's no value to Aldo. And, like, it seems yeah. like there's, it's not like a conversation. It's just like a, oh, yeah, sometimes there's this thing that pops up that is, like, dumb evil. And, like, it just has militaristic hatred and blah, 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 and it needs this for power, and that's how it works. It's like, that's true. It's, you know, it, I guess it's interesting to a certain degree, but it's just I not just as interesting as... they already did that in Beneath. What? <laughs> they already did it, basically. Yeah, they already did it. As well. Yeah, I mean, it's the same and thing as And then they set beneath. up the... Uh... The mutants, and that mutant, the main mutant is also in Escape, which I didn't even notice. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, it's the same, it's the same dude that was, like, the dude who was, like, psychologically torturing, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Guy who was torturing Armando and stuff, um, yeah. With the truth machine or whatever, and torturing, uh, but yeah, he's, like, the leader of these mutants or whatever, these people living in the underground, under, like, in the city underground or something, I don't know. It's uh, yeah, under the city. I don't know. It's all very like it's like that's the thing. Is like there's stuff there, but a lot of it's a retread, and it's not really adding much or bringing anything new to the table. It had the same budget as um, Conquest. Okay. 
you know. It doesn't but, feel um, like it at all. Doesn't feel like it at all. It's really like because like a really because they're trying to do they're, they're trying to do more. You know what I mean? Um, they guess, did I mean, like more with less uh, in conquest. So so there's there's also <laughs> an unrated version of battle as well. Um, and yeah, I, I, I looked up I looked up so I watched that one. Um, I looked up the differences between the two and like. They're all fucking who cares. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's all like, yeah, I mean, there's yeah. a little bit of like um, when the um, when the people, when the, when the mutated humans are driving through the desert to like get to Ape City, like there's this like people who are just like falling over and dying. Like they're just like walking and whatever. And then like there's, they're dying. They're like leaving a trail of bodies behind. But it's like, there's only like 12 guys in any of these shots. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> and like exactly. in this shot, like four of them die and like two of them are already dead. And it's like, then there are the other six that are driving. And it's like, I don't buy like, It's just like, and then you see the next cut of the next guys. And it's like, are these the same six guys? <laughs> then you see them on like the bus and you see them with, but you never see a wide shot of that much stuff. I mean, some of the battle stuff, like at the very end kind of feels like, oh, okay, this is like a big budget. Like there was a budget put into this. But, like, most of the stuff of, like, the humans traveling is, like, really rough. Because, um, like, it's literally just 12 guys, like, over and over. Yeah. And they keep pretending there's no, that it's... There's no there's no real, like, wides. It's a lot of, like, close close, uh, close shots to, like... Yeah. But not even... Not, like, the that's the thing. Not close enough for you to, impression. like... Not close enough for you to, like, get to know the characters and, like, recognize them. <laughs> Close enough for you to see yeah, twelve yeah. of them, not like not close mm. enough for you to see two of them, and not far enough for you to see all one hundred. But it's like it's constantly like twelve or like six or three shots or whatever. But it's never like you can't recognize anyone. It's a it's a yeah. There's nothing to latch on to really, except for that one guy who's like in charge. Uh, but yeah, I think he's there was boring like, too. Yeah, there was another guy that I forgot. And he's, but that guy's motivated by the same thing that fucking Aldo is, where it's just like, yeah, we just gotta kill these fucking apes. (laughs) Okay, fine. Like, the world is destroyed. Not just need to kill apes. Like, okay. Like, this is a stupid movie. It's a a battle for the planet of the apes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Who's gonna own the planet of the apes? Yeah. uh, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it really does. it really does shirk all the responsibilities of what Conquest almost did, and the entire thing is really in the spirit of the mm-hmm. um, altered theatrical ending of Conquest, where right. you just like kind of for the first time in the in the franchise make a clownish mockery of the very serious themes, right? By turning into basically like a superhero movie, you know, you just have good guys and bad guys, and it's very clear like who you're supposed to root for and who you're not. And it's not as morally ambiguous. Caesar just kind of sucks, honestly, in battle. It's a, except, it's a shame. except in the final battle where he like comes out yeah, and he's yeah, like, yeah, all yeah, of a sudden yeah. he's a soldier again. Like I, to be perfectly honest, dude, like I do like the idea of a revolutionary who just like is totally nonviolent because he's like, because Caesar operates with power and respect and stuff. And I like, I like the idea of him just kind of being like this totally nonviolent guy and Aldo being this, you know, totally violent piece of shit guy who just wants to kill that. But then like when it comes down to it, it's like, well, he's not, he can't 
do the thing. Like, only Caesar can actually do the thing and put his life on the line. And then, like, Aldo goes when it's, you know, easy to go, like, take, you know, glory, you know, selfies of him in front of the battle. You know what I mean? But Caesar's <laughs> the type of guy that'll run down there and be like, no, we need to defend the fucking thing. Okay, fall back. Like, that's, I dig that as an idea. Um, but as a character, I didn't. Because <laughs> it's just like, yeah, it doesn't seem like the same guy that it was in Conquest. It seems like it's just fucking Cornelius mm-hmm. again, um, honestly. And it's like, Cornelius is mm-hmm. the guy who's like, wife's being taken away from him. He's like, wait, you guys, are you serious? Are we letting this happen? Like, why is it? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. it's the same with what happens with the guns being taken away from the fucking, like, um, what's his name? I don't, that wasn't, I don't even remember that guy's name. But... Yeah, they're they're such a, like, cucked society of fucking apes. It's just like, dude, you guys, you can just be overtaken by Aldo this easily. Like, come on, like, you were Caesar. Like, you can't, you know. You were Caesar, yeah. You just trust in apes like this? It's it's weird. I mean, they actually, like, they're... That's like that was the intent of this. They like they did want to make sure that this one was G-rated again, and, like, they brought in um, these other writers to like help steer Paul Dane's script in a more family friendly direction and stuff right. like that. Um, well, they failed though. <laughs> they wanted to move away from the violence. I think they succeeded in moving away from the violence. Kind of, except that like it's a stuff, huge bummer of a movie too, where they just a, like a kill bummer, a child. Yeah. Like, I mean, the death of Caesar's son is like such a fucking, <laughs> like, like we're trying to make child. this ch- child true. friendly. So like, let's, Let's introduce, like, killing of children. <laughs> Kids like, always yeah. love that. Uh-huh. But, like, let's actually take That's it kind cost. of, like, really seriously. And uh, let's let him die slowly. <laughs> well, his mom just, like, keeps, like, having hope that he's going to survive for no reason. <laughs> so. Yeah. But despite the fact that Alda kills his child, it's still ends with like everything kind of just being hunky-dory and like peace lasting for 600 years or something mm-hmm. so the mm-hmm. mo- like the movie's bookended by um the first appearance of the lawgiver in the franchise right played by john played by john houston oh um, is that okay okay and then like <clears throat> So, like, when the movie begins, it begins in uh, 2670. So that is mostly congruent, give or take a few years, with, like, the um, the date of the first Planet of the Apes being about, like, um, twelve to 1,300 years after this, okay. after the lawgiver and everything. And, yeah, and then the movie after, like, you know, um, Aldo kills Caesar's son and then Caesar kills Aldo and like basically the same way they go up into the tree and he falls um, it goes into the future again and goes to 2670 and you see the lawgiver like giving a speech to like a bunch of like ape and human children and he says and human and apes live in harmony and peace 600 years after the death of Caesar um, and then like the final shot of the movie is like a statue of Caesar but then it cries <laughs> Right, right. And then the credits roll. And so, so I don't know. I guess, <laughs> I guess as much as I dislike battle, um, I like to imagine that is not 
at the very least incongruous with uh, the first Planet of the Apes because right. like there's still a good twelve thirteen hundred years between the end of battle and the begin and planet and when and when Planet of the Apes takes place. Totally, totally. Um, it's, there's plenty of time for humans to devolve, become a slave class, all the things that like the apes remember happening in their past. Totally. Um, and it's the and it's probably the humans that live with the apes that become the mutes. And I think that's a cynical way of interpreting it, and that's a cynical way of interpreting the statue's cry, the crying statue at the end, and whatever. But like the that, the like, mutated uh, people, they already we already know where they come from. And then there's these yeah, people who yeah. live with the apes, and then in Planet of the Apes, there's these other people that can't speak, and there's no other people who live with the apes. So like. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe some shit happened in that twelve hundred years mm-hmm. where they uh, those were the ones that got like domesticated or whatever into you know the dogs that wolves mm-hmm. turn into or whatever, and then they're just like the stray cats of the neighborhood that they're just like, man, why are there so many fucking cats? We need to get rid of these cats. They're eating all this stuff. You know what I mean? That sort of thing. But they're domesticated, but they're not domestic like they're wild they're eating the crops you gotta shoot them (laughs) oh man but yeah i um i think uh i think ultimately the end of planet of the apes gets into the timeline fuckery as well as like like i was saying earlier there's no real like answer to how these timelines work it's like very possible that battle could lead into Planet of the Apes. There's nothing like really incongruous about that. Um, yeah. But, but also like you can also see it as a totally different timeline too. And that maybe humans and apes will just continue to live in peace and harmony. And that doesn't actually lead to the world that Taylor lands on. And that's right. kind right. of fine too. Um, and I like that. I like, I like that as an ambiguous ending to the planet of the apes franchise i just wish the movie didn't suck as a whole and Mm. i also just think the movie um the whole conquest ending thing just like throws a whole wrench in the works when it comes to how i feel about all of it you know it's hard to even like battle at all because it's predicated on a version of conquest that i think is inferior (laughs) exactly exactly and it's like dude the thing is like I, I like always loved Conquest, dude. Like Conquest was like always like one of the greatest Planet of the Apes. Like I liked it more than the first one probably like for most of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd never seen the actual version. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I know it's not the actual version, yeah, but like the yeah. original version, just like now, the, now that I've seen it, it's like I can never go back, man. Because like there is that movie that exists out there and it's like, it's really like one of the greatest movies ever. <laughs> like it's so insanely yeah, yeah, angry sure. and so ridiculous. And yeah, so like that yeah, just wonderful. you'll never be able to take battle seriously when it's based on. Did we bring up? Did we bring up like uh, like Cornelius and Escape talking about? Yeah, like I did in the context of like uh, why would he know about the future and that wasn't in the Sacred Scrolls and blah blah blah. Um. 
No, right? but yeah, but the, but, they, but the the Aldo thing, the fact that Cornelius, but the, but the idea that like if we're going to accept that like he knows this stuff, which doesn't really make sense, but like yeah, so but then the story he is telling is this story about um, how the the apes rose up and there was an Aldo, yeah, who said no and whatever, and I guess that's another one of those details that like you know makes it all ambiguous and fucks with the chronology a little bit. It's like well, if there wasn't like maybe Aldo in battle is the Aldo, and if there hadn't been a Caesar, he would have been the one who led the revolution, and that's why he's like a man out of time, or a man who was like uh, an ape who was a uh, like Alexander. His, like, his he's like the yeah, Alexander yeah, he was an of ape his time. Who was denied his like if they if like executed well, that could have been interesting, but it's it's just not. No, but, like, yeah, yeah, but he's so he dumb. was a man who was he was yeah, it was stolen from him. Yeah, and. Yeah. Uh, and the gorillas don't like have a place in a, like a more progressive society that wants to be. I don't know. I guess maybe they're not. I don't know. That's the thing is like battle doesn't really like make a whole lot of sense and mucks things up for sure. I feel like you know, like we said, like war has always been a part of progress, and the militaristic thing has always been a necessity um, in maintaining cultures as well. Right, and um, that, and I think that basically, the idea that that was just a product of man and that wasn't ape is like, instead, it's like th- this. This movie places it on like, no, no, it's everyone. That's just the structure, and like, it's not really man that's what's wrong. It's, you know, war is just a fact of life. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, and it's just how it goes. The, like, yeah, there's there is real evil in the world, and you know you just need to deal with it. It's all a power. It's all have... a power struggle. You know, it's all power struggle. And once you have power, you commit acts acts of violence, and yeah. it just feels like a it just feels like a really I don't know. It feels like a banal like morality tale compared to fucking the real, you know, complex just like full of contradiction shit that all those other movies had. Like, this one's just like, yeah, well, this, mm-hmm. th- you know, you thought that you didn't have evil. Well, there are people who want to fight, and fighting people are actually cowards, and that's actually, the, like, it's just like, uh, it's a bummer. Yeah. It's a bummer. It's a bummer to leave it on. Yeah. Well, sorry to end on a down note, everybody. Yeah, that's, uh... But... It's where battle ends, that's man. That's where the kind of the franchise it's ends. Kinda... It, I mean, you have a couple of places that it ends, you know? It ends there if you want to talk about the actual time that it comes out. But the other option is you could just think about the actual end of the timeline, which is far more depressing. So either way. (laughs) (laughs) Either way, you're ending on a real bad note. But yeah, uh, Yeah. next week we're going to come back and talk about the other ones. There's like bullshit remake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the uh, other, other not remakes next, and not, whatnot. Not next week, Lunchbox. Next time. Next uh, next year? Next time. Next yeah, episode? next time we'll come back and talk about the 2001 Tim Burton remake and the trilogy. Tim Burton remade 2001? Started. Yeah. Cheers. Tim Burton remake 2001 and then 2011 Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Then Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. War for the Planet of the Apes. We will be talking about all of those, so stay tuned. Thanks for joining us. Uh, peace out. Mm-hmm.